Hello and welcome to episode 445 of Conversation Street. This is for the week of the 16th to the 20th of November 2020. That is episodes 10,169 to 10,174. For those of you who are counting, I'm Michael. I'm Gemma. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome cold, to the podcast. It? Um, it is a bit cold. Our fridge broke. Well, we've had dramas, everybody. Dramas this week. Our fridge blimmin' broke. Our fridge freezer broke down and all the food is ruined and had to be thrown away. We lost away. like £100 worth, uh, no, hundreds of pounds no, worth yeah. of food this is from the our worst freezer part. this week. The worst part of the whole thing is that I had to make a list of everything that we lost because you had to send it to the insurance company. And so I know exactly how much money <laughs> we it, it And the insurance company aren't even doing anything about it. And they said, no, sorry, you can't have any money. No. So Excess is too high or something. I don't believe that. Anyway, so we've That's got been our drama for this so week. We and we've been having to... It's so sad we've had to get had takeaways, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, have we? Have we managed? We're going to have to keep <laughs> oh, on going until Tuesday. Oh, we can't store things in a fridge. We need to buy fish and chips. I need to say, I need to say hello to Sarah today. Hello, My friend Sarah. Sarah <laughs> who is a colleague at work that I've mentioned many times on the podcast before. well many times I don't what know do if mean? I have sometimes occasionally we've talked I've said this is what, yeah, she's got to go back and listen to it all now because I have I've revealed the, my, our deep dark secret of the fact that we do a podcast to her after <laughs> after just eight years and um, I don't know she might be listening today so if you are hello we had uh, we had a, a chat on Tuesday I thought the time time had come that I need to tell my lovely Sarah about my secret double life which is so excited to hear it. It's really and then today at lunchtime we had um a really long chat about it and, uh, and we said how the podcast works and um I showed you her I, I yeah, me and her did. And I showed her the blog and I showed her the YouTube and I showed her a load of photos and that was it was probably a bit of um a massive mind blowing info dump for her to hear about all this extra <laughs> stuff that we get up to. But, it does feel weird because we are keeping it a secret to a lot of people in a, in a really odd way and it's unfortunate that it's become now it's gone on for so long yeah i know that it you can't there's no really easy way of bringing why, it up why didn't you tell me for all this time we don't i don't know i it's honestly don't secret. know honestly don't know yeah so because like still none of our family know nope. do they um none of our friends none of my friends know no and a couple of colleagues at my work know. But, and it's really funny and because it. my friends are so uninterested in me. I've hinted so many times. I know, you have. And they really could not care less about what I, I get I can't remember to. what sort of things that you've said. I say things like, I can't do that on Friday. I always have things I've got to do on Fridays. And they're like, what? And I say, oh, never you mind. And they're like, fine, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, thought, I'm sure you've mentioned something about well, I also was some saying, of the cast members. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And you also oh, do drop the odd um, obsessive off? fact about it, don't you? Like, oh, yeah, didn't you know that they have? That it's really popular in Canada? You've, yeah. you've had discussions about that and they yeah. haven't wondered, why do you know? Why do you know this? <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, so now the 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 group of people in the know is one extra. So, hello, Sarah. It's if you're listening, really hard I don't know whether explain. you are because you said you might start in a few weeks after you'd finished a bit of extra work that you had. So. It's also really hard to explain to people why we go to Manchester so often. <laughs> that was another thing I said friends. to Sarah because she said that she had no idea because I I know I absolutely know there are some colleagues at school well, that you know did about it. To it. 
No, I, I've told a few colleagues no, at school a long time ago. you go around liking things on Facebook. I know. I, it accidentally appears on Facebook. So I know there's no. a couple of people at school who know, but they don't. They haven't Never said anything about it. Which is it. kind of which worse. Is, which is kind of worse. <laughs> and it makes me wonder how many people at school know and haven't said anything about it. But Sarah has literally had no idea, she told me. And um, yeah, so I was able to just splurge about everything. And it's it really quite cool, like sharing all these secrets and uh, well, the difference and between photos and stuff is great. My friends and Sarah is that Sarah watches Coronation Street. Yeah. So that makes a big difference to how interested you would be. Yes. If I told my friends that I did this, they would go, that's weird. Mm. And then never, never mention well, it. Well, the, the other colleagues at work who know also don't watch Coronation mm. Street. So they're, they're, not, they'll, they're not interested. Uh, but no, now Sarah will be able to join in and listen. I don't want people to think we're not cool, Michael. That's no. what I'm worried about. That's the, <laughs> the main concern I have. Well, we also had um, we also had another thing happen this weekend, didn't we? Which could have completely you know, opened the can of worms for everybody to find out about it. But at least all <laughs> what we did find is that none of our friends and family are closet sun readers. No, they're not. Gemma, do you want to uh, talk a little bit about your adventures in Fabulous Magazine? I don't even know what to say. Well, there are some people that I've got no idea what we're talking about at the moment, so just say it all. I don't feel in the mood to do do a podcast today. I'm so tired. I only had like four hours sleep. Come on, tell us about your magazine. Gemma was in The Sun this weekend on Fabulous Magazine. I didn't. You weren't on page three. No. You were on Fabulous Magazine because um, the. the, the, What happened was Alison Sinclair, who's the press the head of publicity for yeah. Coronation Street and has been for many years, um, for asked us on Twitter, would I be would I be interested in appearing in Fabulous magazine as a Coronation Street super fan? And Alison Sinclair asked me anything, I say yes and work out the details afterwards. So I got I immediately didn't want to do it because I don't like attention. I like I love attention, but scared of it too. Like. You also don't. You don't like speaking on phones. I don't like phone conversations because I can't see people's faces and I don't know what they're thinking or saying. Yeah, and I, I'm scared of being put on the spot and talking nonsense, which is what I do all the time on this podcast. (sighs) Anyway, so I said I'd do it, and then I worked out that Fabulous Magazine is actually from the Sun, and then I felt bad about that because not all of our listeners. And there is and there are very are... legitimate reasons that people do not like the sun. Yes, and so I didn't want to make let didn't it want to down upset or upset people, but it was too late by that point. <laughs> so and they, well, they also it was so weird because they asked me all these questions and they obviously had this idea about what is a super fan. Yeah, because the the pitch was we want a female super fan to do yeah. an article and yeah. tell us about your Coronation Street fandom. Which is so basically, fair they me. just decided that a fan of something is somebody that collects things and spends all their money on collecting things. And I could like, I kept sort of pointing out that that's not what this that's not what I am that's not what I am doing. And uh, you know, they really wanted photos of you with your merchandise, me which is actually my merchandise, posing with my merch. And they even at one point phoned me up to say, um, "The headline for this is I spend thousands of pounds on Coronation Street merchandise," but that doesn't seem right, does it? And I was like, <laughs> "No, it's not right. You can't. You literally can't put that because the picture I sent them was a picture of about." I don't know, a dozen books which probably cost splayed out pounds. on the floor. 
yeah. Just it's to like, make them spaced nobody's out. Nobody's going to look at this and go, gosh, what an avid collector she No, is. and we've seen people with big Coronation Street merch collections and that oh. our, our house certainly is not it. We don't have very We're much. We're not collectors. We don't, that's not what we do. So they still don't seem to really understand what what the deal is. Well, instead that they, they changed the headline to... Um, I made a career out of my Corrie obsession. That's right. <laughs> also, and it's so not wrong. Really it's right. so wrong. It's really annoying because, like, even in the article, it's like we don't make very much money, and literally, I can account for every penny that we spent from the Patreon money, and the only like personal things that we've ever spent used it for are things like a hotel or an Airbnb. When we've been to Manchester when we've for done Coronation stuff Street. For, it all goes into Coronation Street no Conversation Street related things. Promise. No. I mean what's the what like the most elab the most um collectory and personal purchase that we made was buying that stamp picture. Yeah, the giant stamps. The, uh, and the even Hildian that, we had a big stamps. debate about whether we should use Patreon money for I know, it or not. I, and know. I, I kept saying to you, I'm sure people who are patrons won't mind if we buy a piece of Coronation Street <laughs> art. art for our wall. I'm sure they won't mind. Yeah, but, uh, that 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 scene that was the uh, um, the angle that they took, which is a little and they unusual. Kept and demanding they were... pictures of me, and I kept sending them, and it's like I'm sending you pictures of me with Connor McIntyre and Talia Matthews, and you, like all they wanted was a picture of me with merchandise. I know. I'm like, I'm not. If it's if you need a picture of me, I'm not. No, because you you sent a load of pictures from like four or five years ago, didn't you? Well, the or, thing or is, more. all these pictures are actually interesting pictures because they're pictures of me like in front of the Rovers or mm. with people that are in the show. Yeah. Not a picture of me holding a book. By by. You, but Patricia Phoenix, who most people probably wouldn't even yeah. know who she was anymore. And the art, the way the article was written also was interesting, wasn't it? Because in the first, oh. the first person, it made it look like you had written it yourself. Yes, it was. Although it. if you were to read it, and if you know me. you, you can tell it was definitely not your style at all. No, it d- didn't sound like me. But they, you know, they they did their best, and the ladies I spoke, the lady I spoke to was very nice. Oh yeah, yeah, and. You know, they read it out to me on the phone and I corrected a few things. Um, I let a few other things slide because, you know, at a certain point you can't just... You can't just say everything you've, you know... And I haven't read it because I'm so embarrassed. You were very embarrassed about it on Sunday, weren't you? And then people started posting about it on the Facebook group and they were saying lovely, lovely things about it. I know, but I felt like I needed to explain myself because I feel still feel guilty and embarrassed and bad about myself that I feel like... Who the, who the hell am I to think that, that I should be in a magazine? That's what I think. Mm. I just feel... I still feel icky like I've done something wrong. Well, it was a nice bit of promo for the podcast. That's why I did it. Um, and it, I think you still came across very well, even though it wasn't written in your voice. Um, well, I, I yeah, thank you. Thank you to um, the magazine and also to... Oh, definitely. Thank um, you to Alison Sinclair, Sinclair for putting for, us in yeah. touch with her. Because, but, like, it's, yeah, my, it's, own, nice it's my own lack of self-confidence that's making me feel really like I feel like I'm gonna cry <laughs> about like I feel like I've done something terrible you haven't you absolutely haven't I was very proud of you I think it's a great article and we better keep it it's just underneath our coffee table right oh, now I don't even it. want to look at it we'll frame it put it on the I wall was all, I, had a cover, I had a cover line didn't I you did yeah what was it Corrie changed my life or something <laughs> that's kind of true well, you just yeah, haven't made a career true. out of it. No, I would It'd be like nice to, if you could give up uh, mm. your work to, or both of our work to no, be able to do a podcast. But... If I, if I literally, as soon as anybody gives me any press, I like almost cry because I don't want anyone to. 
Page Gemma is a very, very, very shy person. I am, aren't I? Which is why we don't like photos and do videos. And, and somebody stuff. else wants me to be on the radio, but I don't think they do anymore now. Oh, yeah, I don't know. We haven't heard back from them for a little while, but... But I don't want It was to cool. It was, it was a nice little adventure that you had that we've been following secretly for the last few weeks, isn't it? Oh, All and it was also the on sixth, the website yeah. as well, and I, like... Oh, um, yeah. So so people could read the article and things, and there was a lot more... There were way more pictures for the article online than there were in the magazine. Oh, were there? Because I didn't actually click on that and I see. clicked on it. I was like, I'm going to... I'm going to punish oh, myself I need to do that. by I need looking to have a look. for the comments. And... I scrolled down and I couldn't make them load. So I think that's for the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll do it. But if I, I, can, I don't tell you anything about I it. I really can't. I can't be famous ever, can I? No. I've realised now. I, all when I was younger, I just wanted to be famous. And now I know I can't hack it at all. Even the slightest <laughs> bit of attention. Well, look, enough. there's even some curry stars themselves who don't like the fame and the publicity. It doesn't well, go totally with your territory, does quite, it? Well, there's loads of people we'd love to interview, but they don't want to be interviewed. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know, I said before, I completely understand that because I'm the same way. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's our little adventures. It has been quite well, an eventful week, really, this week on Conversation Street, hasn't it? And we also did a recent page, a, a new Patreon episode that we talked about last week where we counted down our top five Coronation Street characters ever. We recorded that and released that last night. That was quite fun to do. Very interesting, revealing our lists to each other, which we made completely independently of, of each other. Uh, so yeah, patrons, and we, um, we um, have a look out for that. We prefaced it by saying that this is um, in no way set in set in stone, and we <laughs> no, probably, probably will change our mind. Today, and then today even. you said to me, "What was your number four? And I was like, "How do you expect me to remember <laughs> who my number four most beloved Coronation Street character is?" Even though I just recorded. A hour and a half worth of telling Talking about it last night. All right, anyway, mm. I think we better crack on with what? the quiz, Gemma. you got a good quiz for it, yep. 16th to the 20th of November in years ending in a five or a zero, a.k.a. multiples of five years ago from this very date. This is from coronationstreet.fandom.com and here are your curry questions. And I don't have a pen. Oh, I don't have a pen either. It's, mm, it's all right. Um, it's not oh, like we ever do this. We, no, I'll just get, break it down. Just for this. I'll, 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 t- I'll, I'll type it. Okay, I'll type it. 16th of November, 2015. What item of clothing does Nessa convince Ken to wear for the first time in his life? 2015? Yeah. It can't. It's not the kimono. No, I was going to say, it can't be the kimono because the dates don't line up for that. <laughs> um, I don't remember that. Think about that. What, it, what somebody like Ken would not wear and it's a very commonplace item of clothing. Backwards baseball cap. Okay, why would Nessa ask <laughs> I don't Ken? know. I can't remember that one at all. What was it? Jeans. Oh, what <laughs> jeans are for? No, 16th of November, 2015. It's Kate's birthday, and Aidan and Carla arrange for her fiancé to make a surprise visit. Mm-hmm. What is her fiancé's name? Kaz Hammond. Yeah, you got it right. 16th of November 2015. You can tell that I got everything from the same day. <laughs> what? How does Jamie try to get Luke to take part in a street race that he says he doesn't want to do? I thought, have we had that as a question like this last week? He threatens to put um, naughty pictures of Steph online. Yeah. Thank you very much. 17th of November, <coughs> 1965. The house nearly burns down when Ken leaves to go where and buy what? Go to the pub to buy cigarettes. Yes. I Leaving think... Peter and Susan inside, little babies. And the washing was next to the, the um, fire. Uh. 
and uh, everybody who, who did people blame do you remember um, Val I yes expect. it was Enam <laughs> Sharfel said it was Val's fault for letting Ken be in charge of the children <laughs> and she was right <laughs> isn't it interesting I always think it's really interesting watching Cor- old Cory when people used to go into the Rovers to buy cigarettes yeah it's really odd you couldn't even buy wine but you could buy cigarettes yeah <laughs> Uh, 18th of November, 1965. Alan's son causes problems in his marriage with Elsie, but what is the son's name? Oh, I don't remember. I, I, I remember the story. It's vaguely. a very, it's a standard man's name. George. Mark. Mark, yeah. <clears throat> oh, here's, here's a rude word. 18th of November, 2015. Who spray paints the word whore on the front of the bistro? When was it? 2015. 15? I didn't remember this person did this. Um, <clears throat> Simon. Yes, it's oh, Simon! Who is he talking about? Leanne? I think so. He's talking about his mum. He's naughty. Um, yeah, okay, go on. <coughs> what? Was this, was this maybe around the time that you found out that she was a prostitute when old uh, Dan the Chin was she in it? She used to be a sex worker. Sorry, sorry, yes. 18th of November, 2015. Which character leaves and what confession did they make to their son before they go? I'm not listening to the dates. 2015? Yeah. Uh, Five years ago, Michael. Uh, I don't remember. Can If you tell me the person or the confession, can I get the <laughs> other point yeah. if I can fill it in? Okay, so, what do you want to know? Which one? Um, tell, me, <laughs> tell me who the person is. Tony Stewart. I don't remember. Tony Stewart, what did he confess? Yeah. Well, it wasn't that he killed Callum because he didn't do it. Uh, that. Uh, <laughs> was it that. Was it that he. Was it that he blew out that car with, yes. with uh, Todd? Todd, he yes. told Jason that he and Todd torched Callum's car. Good memory, Michael. 19th of November 2010. Who does Eileen steal money from? Uh, Eileen, into, you did, lot. didn't you? Um, Owen. Yes, she took money out of his petty yeah. cash, cash box. Tin. 20th of November 2005. What secret was Dev keeping? What secret that Dev was keeping leads Sunita to ask for a divorce? Um, that he's got a load of illegitimate children. Secret children. Yep. Don't call them illegitimate. Why? Just because their mum's a different mum to the mum that he was gonna. That's he was a married perfectly illegit- legal term. I know, but it's, and I know it's legal true. term, but do we have to say illegitimate? Because he had a he all had bundles of joy, aren't they? He had a a, a load of bastards all over Weatherfield. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> the funny. I didn't. I I didn't think you'd get it if I if I worded it around this, but there was a funny incident where Sunita, I think, or somebody came across a girl who was suspicious holding a baby and everyone thought it was Dev's baby and Dev's like, no, that's not my baby. The woman holding the baby is my baby. Yeah, that is a bit confusing. (laughs) Uh, Final question. 20th of November 2015. Sean and Billy decide to go on holiday together but can't agree where while Billy wants to go to the Isle of Mull. (laughs) Sure, was it Sean's preferred <laughs> destination? Uh, I'd be there. Yeah. 
Yeah, carry on being a stereotype, Sean. It's helpful for. But I thought that Billy used to love Ibiza when he was when he was younger. I thought that was his thing. That he used to go clubbing. <laughs> he obviously and... didn't want to. Um... I've done all right there. My string of what looks like binary here. Mm. Um, I got three wrong out of that, and four, five, six, seven, nine right. That's that's not bad. I'll take that. Yeah. Nice. Billy obviously didn't want to go back to Ibiza because he was scared that his evil Susan killing ways would I think I think Billy didn't want to go back to Ibiza because he's got a string of bastards all over the island. Let's <laughs> 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 wait till the bishop be... finds out about that. <laughs> the bishop would go, thank God I thought you were gay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's see who's got some birthdays coming up this week. Okay, 23rd of November... <laughs> Sue Nichols, who plays Audrey nice. Roberts, that's a good one, isn't it? 24th of November, Stephen Hancock, who played Ernest Bishop, and Warren Jackson, who is Nick Tilsley the first. Mm-hmm. 25th of November is Brian Hibbard, who plays Doug Murray, and Harish Patel, who played Umed Alan. <laughs> Uncle Umed. Umed. Simon Barlow the third. Say what, if okay, we ever do Alex a Patreon of like top five side characters, or, or however Pan. we want to phrase it. Uncle Umad is up there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also Grishma and Upma as well. They just come together as one. Oh, I love them. And and has Henry, was he in it too long to be a side character? Because I think he... Oh, yeah. I also tell you what, from watching the DVDs, the one-off character that sticks in my mind, and I don't know why so much, is the mum of the person... Who was killed oh, when yeah, the during like the viaduct that, crash in nineteen sixty? I don't know what. I wonder how just she's this doing really now. frail old, frail old woman. I'd like. I felt so bad for her. I don't know why she stuck with me. Maybe she was like some kind of really famous actress of her day, and maybe she was. Maybe she was. Um, anyway, sorry. Alex carry on. Bain was also twenty fifth of November. He's Simon Barlow the third. How old is he going to be now? <sighs> Has he reached double digits yet? The little scamp. <laughs> 26th of November, director Oscar Whitbread and Pat Phoenix played Elsie Tanner. Awesome. What a great birthday. What a great birthday, indeed. Right, um, I suppose we better talk about this week's Coronation Street now, hadn't we? Ooh, what did we think (laughs) of this week's shows? Let's find out. Right, street talk for this week, and not being around the bush, Gemma thought this week was pretty pants. What about you? I don't know what I thought yet. <laughs> is, it, is it one of those weeks that you have to kind of really discuss it and yeah. dissect it? <laughs> I think so. I, I don't feel like I need to this week. I was watching it going, yeah, after the, the excellence of last week's Ollie storyline and, and those scenes with, with Leanne and Steve and that lot, which was just fantastic last Friday, this week was just a massive letdown for me. Um, it was just It was just classic... You know, see, been there, done that, rinse and repeat, love triangle stuff, really, wasn't it? With um, Peter and Carla and, and Adam sowing his wild porridge oats all around the place. Um, and just, uh, just dull. I mean, I thought, no, to be fair, I thought that tonight's episode, Friday episode, started off quite interestingly. I do like it when they start off with the early morning scenes, which doesn't happen too much in Coronation Street. They like to show, yeah, a, that was good. show a big digital clock saying, look how early it is. And then they put a filter all over all the screens to say, it's dark. It's a bit, yeah, a bit, bit dawn chorus here. Do you think they might not just like turn the lights off a <laughs> bit more? I don't know I how they do how it. I think that's probably how they achieve that effect. But, yeah, I, I, I thought the fallout of the, um, of the, of the Carla and Peter, so the Carla and Adam um, liaison 
was quite interesting to begin with, but then it just went into, yeah, just rinse and repeat territory, really. I do but, wonder how much we're... I mean, how much do they really expect us to care about the same thing happening again to the same characters? Like, Was the target audience people that haven't been watching that long? Mm. I don't know. I mean, I suppose Adam in the mix is a bit different, but I mean, we'll, we'll get to that. I may have thought that this week's quarry was a bit naff, but I am pretty proud of some of the storyline titles that I've concocted for it. So that's the saving grace. And that particular storyline, which is a callback to something from ooh, two, three years ago on the podcast, mm. we're going to be calling Faggin, Shaggin and Fallen Off Wagon, <laughs> which is what happened to Peter this week, everybody. Back on the booze. off the wagon? Because it doesn't flow. It's all about the cadence. Wagging, shagging and falling off wagon. Brilliant. We've got a little bit. We'll do the, some of the um, all over for Oliver next. Um, although, like I say, not a whole lot happened there. Um, and then we had the Todd's or the Paul storyline. Subtitle. No, subheading or whatever you want to call it. Deacon around. Because that was what Paul was doing. He was deacon around. He was. Do you get it? Do no, you... I don't understand. Oh, my gosh. My, my humour is too highbrow for you. Then we had talk about the raise race to raise the place um, and finish off with Sean's um, latest business venture, uh, which didn't have a storyline title last week, but is now called Tully Sales and Marketing, which I'm pretty proud of, you know. Tully Sales. Tully Sa- you- Unless you give me a huge hearty guffaw, Gemma. <laughs> I don't know whether you've got my amazing pun, so you've got to humour me, please. Ha-ha. <laughs> it's brilliant. So, um... You did the you did the the bulk of the work last week, didn't you, with the Ollie story? So would you like me to take on Fag and Shaggin and falling like. off wagon? I will. I'm going to do what I like, and what I like was talking about well, the storyline that I didn't, didn't like. like <laughs> so um, the the uh, the Rovers um, on Monday morning, Carla is telling Peter, "Look, you need to face facts about our relationship." We're, there's we're, what? We're, she she's saying that look we're. We're not, we're not so great at doing the moment. Things aren't so good between us, it feels like. Um, they've, they've been having intimacy issues, we've known. Oh, because in general, just... I think so. I think so. This is Monday. I can't, I can't remember the exact details. Because she was talking before about being on medication and not having a sex drive. And... Yeah, that's right. That's right. But they're also talking about Oliver as well. I mean, that's going to put a damn wrong Because mood, b- at it? the beginning of the episode, Simon had been sort of mithering about it and Peter's been trying to reassure him about the appeal and everything and Carla's saying that we need to face facts about a whole lot of stuff here Peter and Peter puts his foot majorly in it by saying that Carla wouldn't understand about the Ollie thing because you know she's not a mum <laughs> oh, Peter Peter <laughs> says Ken oh women without children or sometimes forget that dying that children is quite tragic no, they sometimes forget that they're not, you know, not allowed to have opinions about children <laughs> or parenting or anything. I've made this plate of fish fingers and beans and I've got nobody to give I, it to. I can't believe I've done it again. Actually, Carla would never say that. And these children I've, I've up. picked up from, from the football match keep screaming and I don't know why. <laughs> so Peter goes to see Carla later to see if she's calmed down and they basically just end up arguing again. Carla brings well, up Tina. I'm not sure exactly how he posed it now because it was Monday and I've forgotten, but it's if you go and say, I'm just checking to see if you've calmed down yet, that's a really great way of setting the clock back to zero. Men don't understand why that doesn't work. Are you still nagging on about this <laughs> thing where I insulted you? You still you got your knickers in a twist. It's a tried and tested method just to just to check. And you just don't get that it's... 
Are you still in a mood, you you haggard old witch? <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, so the, the, he, he, he goes off. Are upset about your shriveled up ovaries? Carla and Adam is also, also have a bit of a spat in the street later over Sarah because of that business from last week. And, um, oh, the business of, of the fact that they're not... They're separated and they just got married. Yeah, and well, the I'd fact that he was he was chasing the... after Alina, wasn't he? I'd to be try more and get annoyed back about the fact that you presumably they've all bought presents for, for this wedding. I'd want my present back. Oh, yeah. I, I thought, mean, what a scam. They've already bought each other early Christmas presents. I've bought you guys a out. joint Christmas present and I don't know who to give it to now. I got it before it's, lockdown started because blanket. I didn't know whether it would still be open by Christmas because, you know, and I can't a couple of weeks left. might be extended. I think I'll just keep it, to be honest. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, so Peter then tries to get hold of Carla from his taxi later. He tries to ring her. But she's she's thinking about answering and the phone's there in front of her, but she takes too long and then he puts it down by the time that she gets a chance. She's so close. She's probably like, I would answer it, but there's not even a remote chance it's my children needing me. So I don't have any. <laughs> so then we cut to Peter in a place that is definitely absolutely not right outside the back of Roy's. It's miles away, everybody. It just looks completely identical to Kitchener <laughs> Street. Um, and he, somebody wants to steal Peter's phone. And Peter's not intimidated. I quite like Peter in this scene. He, he's, he's, uh, no, he's an Peter's ex- anything like me. He, he's like, you don't want he's this like, phone. This is a really old no, phone. No, mate. Yeah, he, you want an iPhone this, 6S, This is really you? rubbish, mate. <laughs> um, or, oh, hang on, if you want the phone, I have to give you the battery as well, because it will run out. Well, the man, the, the man's, well, comes towards Peter intimidatingly, like, breathing all over him with his COVID right. germs and stuff. Um, and we're, 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 oh, no. we're supposed to know what's going to happen here. Um, Carla, meanwhile, is visiting Adam in his office and they have a bit of a flirty apologise and make-up session, which we seem to have a lot of characters falling out and making up just for the temporary drama this week, don't we? didn't, totally did not pick up on the fact that when Carla was calling Adam a man-slag all those weeks ago, she was actually giving him a compliment. Yeah, she she is a woman-slag this week, wasn't she? Carla was. Well, in her own words. So, what? Carla... She didn't say I'm a woman slag. No, but she implied that... What are you talking about? Have meaningless I'm a childless stands. woman slag. <laughs> she called him a rutting ape man, didn't she? Yes, so she, she did. is a rutting ape woman this week, I'm calling her. <laughs> um, so, her, Peter's been beaten up. Um, oh. And it was, a, it, was a good, it was a good Samaritan story, wasn't it? We didn't see the two people come past because they can only have so many extras on Coronation Street at the moment. But the good Samaritan comes along well, with his, his hip um, flask. His taxi was stolen as well, which yes. is probably a bit more problematic yeah, than well, the phone being stolen. Especially when you're absolutely miles away from the place that you live <laughs> in, absolutely not just round the corner from there. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I'm stuck on the other side of Roy's cafe. I don't know how to get from... I can't, I can't get through. It's a one-way system. <laughs> Roy's not letting me in. Where do I go from here? And the police station is definitely, Roy. definitely not, you know, 10 metres to my right. So I'd, I'd, I'd nobody around to help Roy me. Roy is totally the sort of person he would not let you in. Sorry, this breaks the magic, everybody. The other way. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it will break regulations. Um, anyway, so this this bloke, Barry was his name, I think. He's got this hip flask and he wants to help Peter out. And Peter's looking tempted. So um, later on, the bloke's phoned an ambulance. 
uh, and Peter passes back the flask and it's empty and he says, sorry, I got carried away. And I, uh, we were immediately supposed to think, oh, he's down the lot. But I did wonder, has, are we, is it going to reveal that he's, you know, tipped it away to try and save himself? Because we know that surely Peter, an alcoholic, somebody who's been battling this for so long, wouldn't just go back to the are booze. Are you joking? Well, just because of this, he's he's had temptation. Are you joking? No, he's Michael, had temptation. Michael, sorry, no, you no, you don't understand addiction. Okay. No, I'm just saying. I'm telling you, you don't understand addiction. You don't understand addiction. He's been able to resist Michael, temptation. I'm telling you many times before, I'm and I didn't you, think. I'm telling you, tell you're me, wrong. Well, well, tell me why I'm wrong. Because it doesn't work like that. Otherwise, it would be bloody easy, wouldn't it? Addiction is not logical, Michael. It is not like a scale of things that you're allowed to be cut, fall off the wagon for. Like, oh, well, sorry, sorry your, um, your, your husband died, but it's not like your son died, is it? That would definitely be a swiggable offence. <laughs> swiggable. Well, what I will say then is I think that, that when there have been other times in the past where he has it fallen... It doesn't work no, no, let like me tell that. you. Please let me finish. I'm just telling you, where there have been times in the past where he has fallen off the wagon or where he's nearly fall, fallen off the wagon, I felt that it was um, it was shown better on screen and him kind of ang- uh, agonising between should I, shouldn't I, you know, just the direction of it. This is part it, of what the it, problem is, though, because he was trying to be casual about it and that was part of the issue. Well, he is when he gets back, isn't he? Because he's acting like everything's cool. And also... He was, it was like the guy was like foisting it on him. Yeah. And Peter probably used that as an excuse in his mind. Like, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't say no, you know. I, I, I'm not, I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, fine. You tell me, you tell me. So anyway, Peter's, Peter's after the hospital. Carla's trying to get in touch with him, uh, but can't. So he comes back from the hospital, can't bring himself to go back to the Rovers. So he heads off to the co-op to buy something. We don't see what it is. But he's hot pot. Oh yeah, in in a new a coronation, coronation chicken street bag. a coronation street chicken sandwich. Yeah, he should have come out eating all of those, going, mmm, these mm. are delicious and so cheap. So much more reasonable than going to the Rovers and paying them to microwave a hot pot. Yes, and and so much cheaper than Devs. Yeah, I, I have to travel a bit further to get to the co-op, but it's worth it. I don't have a taxi anymore though. That's the downside. <laughs> and I can't really do price comparison shopping anymore because my phone's been stolen. <laughs> um. So he he ends up going back to the Rovers in the end. He says he's fine. He just got just got beaten up. That's all, Carla. She's Carla is absolutely frantic with worry at this point. Apologizes for being such a cowbag this morning. He goes outside and he has a swig of something. Not booze. It's mouthwash. She's got some Listerine. He was trying to uh, cover up the the alcohol on his breath. Yeah, because we all thought that he'd bought more booze, didn't we? But no, he'd he's he's kind of drawn a line under it at this point mm. he's gone uh yeah i messed up well i did when i was still wondering and you know i don't drink i don't understand these things still at this point i was thinking did he drink from the hit flask or did he not but did he just get you know the the really strong temptation and now he's there drinking mouthwash just to try and get some kind of thrill out of it it's like, oh, it's so, like oh it's so like fresh a, it's like a peppermint martini <laughs> yeah i don't but yeah obviously that i know people get desperate and they drink strange things yeah but i don't know why you would go why would you go into the co-op that does sell alcohol and be like well look 
I don't drink alcohol. It's just mouthwash. Yeah, because it's like that's allowed. The rules <laughs> no one says. said I wasn't allowed to drink mouthwash, <laughs> except um, anyone with a brain. <laughs> so Wednesday, then this is when it all kicks off with a with a shocking twist at the end. Peter has regrets. He wakes up feeling a bit guilty, and he's still he's eye yeah very likely, and he's eyeing the 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 bottle of whiskey there in the in the Rovers lounge. Carla's going to a conference with Sarah today, so he's basically got the whole day to himself to get plastered or resist. Which one will it be? When he wakes up and sees this booze, is the implication that that is booze that he had helped himself to? What, overnight? Yeah. I don't think so in the morning, because I think Carla would have noticed, because she notices later when the bottle's half, well, no, partly empty. I I don't know, I don't know. I, I suppose it doesn't matter at the end of the day, because we see him drinking... A couple of times during the week anyway, don't we? So whether he did overnight is by the by, really. Whether he had a little Amazing. nightcap for himself. Um, which is what Carla ends up having with Adam. You know what Wednesday goes episode. really nicely with mouthwash is a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> um, so, well, they, they, I hear they do do strange flavours of Jack Daniels, you know, like the, the honey ones and the... You what hear, else is there? You hear... Well, I told you, and I've bought them. We, the, whenever Cinnamon. it's Christmas time, and we have to get Dad a, a Christmas present. A- apple. Yeah, mouthwash. Spearmint. Spearmint Jack like Daniels. I do like Jack right Daniels. Sam, Sarah and Adam. Mouthwash flavours. Sarah and Adam. <laughs> because who can tell? Maybe, That's the slogan. Or maybe you make whiskey-flavoured mouthwash. Do you... <laughs> the Would that be popular? <laughs> I'd certainly Do you know what I kept seeing advertised on Facebook to me, and I don't know if it says something odd about me or what. Whiskey flavored toothpicks, made with like whiskey infused wood, aged wood. Yeah, sounds gross. Very odd and very expensive. Mm. Don't like the sound of that. No, I don't think you would. I can see Peter there with one in his mouth though. I think, he'd look, I think he'd think he'd look quite cool. I though. used to be a sailor. With a bit of wooden as well. Um, so anyway, Sarah and Adam are having a fairly civil chat on Wednesday morning. Maybe they're on the cusp of making up again. Um, Carla speaks to Adam as well about Peter and she's worried that he seems distracted. And she tried to offer him... She tried to offer him a hotel room, didn't she? Because she's off at a conference somewhere. He doesn't quite understand what she means by the end of the... Mm? The end of this episode, he gets her meaning completely wrong. Yeah, she she's got a conference and she's gonna stay in Ray's hotel rather than this coming home. This was really weird. I, think it, I, I don't I know how far away it's supposed to be in Manchester, so I'll stay overnight because the trams are awkward. They're, yeah, why not? I don't, I don't like wearing the face masks on them. So she she says, yeah, but Peter doesn't even want to stay the night at the hotel. Be what's going on? You 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 take it, Adam. You. You, you can have it. You have it with he's, Sarah. He's, yeah, she, she's trying to play Cupid with, with You guys about get Sarah, together in the hotel room. Because she's seen that you know, things are possibly going to get back together Unfortunately, the conversation was cut for time before then, then that established that the reason she offers him the hotel room is that they both have a very lengthy conversation about how Randy being in a hotel room makes them. Beyond all reason. <laughs> Definitely. Like, must Adam, in that case, why don't you and Sarah go together in the hotel? If, you, if you're saying to me, you're an insatiable sex pest when you get into a room with any woman, it doesn't matter if she's your wife or not, 
then I've got a great idea for how to get you back together with your wife. <laughs> Speaking of which, Sarah comes to the hotel. He wants to make things right with her and they have a little chat. They, they seem to be getting on OK. But then Adam, who just cannot let the subject of Gary drop, brings up everyone's favourite red-headed gangster again. And Sarah's like, no... You've clearly not got over this. And Adam was stupid for doing that because that was, she kept saying, that that was the, that's a, you know, yeah, that's a trigger, exactly, that's the right word. And it has been before. And it's partly because, you know, she's They both seem to be getting a bit drunk. She still does have some lingering feelings for Gary, I think. She's still got his secret that she's probably trying to put to the back of her mind, but she can't. So she doesn't want to be even thinking about Gary, let alone talking about him with him. So she bogs off, leaving Adam to spend the whole day hanging around the bar, probably trying to chat up a load of ladies and thinking, well, work for, work for Daniel. He yeah. picked himself a looker here the other week. Um, so probably this... continually coming back to the big tube of apples. <laughs> probably, and probably. Going, yeah, these, can, can I have one of these? <laughs> and the, no, I've told you before. Um, they probably had to lock it away during Halloween because people were trying Bobbing to bob for them. <laughs> Adam, um, where am I at? To Barry. Barry turns up at the pub, the bloke from Wednesday, the hip flask And man. everybody around the country was waiting for him to say... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just who's, who's going to overhear him How talking about it? How is he going to work this going into the to... conversation that he gave Peter alcohol? It was. It was all, it was all kind of predictable. Um, Abby's there. She seems quite suspicious of Barry, but she doesn't. Un- she doesn't find out the secret yet. First, we have some scenes with Cal- Carla and Adam at the hotel getting talking there. Peter and Barry having a drink out the back together, and then yeah, it's as Barry leaves, he says to Abby, "Oh, Peter, yeah, he, I, he finished off my flask of whiskey yesterday. Oh, he was in such a bad way. Oh no." Abby knows. Oh dear, Abby. And it would, of course, happen to be Abby, the one person who was also embroiled in this storyline of, of addictions and secret keeping and potential love triangles nearly three months ago. So <laughs> um, Peter, we then see, is in the back room of the Rovers, pacing about, takes the bottle and swigs, and he does a good old <sighs> mouthwash flavour. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> Carla and Adam are getting on like a house on fire at the hotel, then he kind of kills the mood a little bit by saying, why do you let Peter walk all over you? He's got it all made. He takes advantage of you. He may not have his cab anymore, but he's got something way more important. You. Hey, Carla, eh? You sexy thing. Mm. Um, she realises that this could be going somewhere I'm that in is maybe a little bit awkward because she knows that she's... Um, I shall leave because you're irresistible. Yeah, she, she doesn't have the... Um, tightest of knickers and they're they're liable to drop at any moment you can you can cut off the circulation (laughs) if you're not careful she's she's probably had them custom made if she hasn't she should at the factory (laughs) um so i want my custom no gusset knickers please (laughs) abby confronts peter (laughs) and says look you helped me out in my very similar storyline i had a couple of months ago you can tell whoever whoever came up with the word gusset had no time at all anything remotely romantic <laughs> do you know what I mean what why would you call that the gusset yeah it's not the sexiest of words is it so, yeah Ad, uh, Peter tells Adam that he's fine it was just a one-off leave gusset. me alone please I don't need you Abby there's going to be another love, another love triangle going on here and it's not going to be me you and Kevin 
Sarah opens up to Todd about being all tied up in knots about Adam. She doesn't. She, she married him and then she dumped him and she says she doesn't love him, but she's maybe got some lingering feelings of him and he's still obsessed with Gary. What shall I do? And Todd's well, like, you're, not, you're not ready to let your new, yeah, new husband go yet, are you? Maybe you There's should still, give him another chance. It's still wedding gifts you haven't unwrapped. What are you <laughs> talking about? Um, Abby, you shouldn't be allowed to, to split up with somebody you've married if the warranty on your toaster is still valid from your... <laughs> wedding <laughs> um yeah maybe that should be part of the vows i promise <laughs> to love you until until, until the uh, warranty is up the warranty is expires on our fridge freezer <laughs> um abby tells carla That'll that peter's struggling in case anyone wondered yeah literally our warranty ran out last year didn't on this freezer that's now to be bust uh, Abby, tell, Abby tells carla about peter struggling and carla tells her to keep her nose out but then returns to see um Carla and 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 Peter's still saying oh no it's all cool you go back to your conference he just desperately seems to be wanting some time alone I mean th- this is the real love triangle isn't it it's Peter Carla and the booze, booze. basically that's the booze Good is the insight. third one in in this relationship she says look you you definitely okay because Abby Abby seems to think you need help when, when she chatted to me earlier and he says I'm okay I'm fine I'm fine I promise she knows he's lying um and then this is when he admits he had a drink and he swears he's not the bloke he was before. He can handle this. He's fine. He's, he, he's very good. And he, he's had a lot of practice at this. At it's not pretending yeah. like he's sober, pretending no, like he's no, okay. No, no, no. Or, I, no, he's fooling himself. Do you, well, I, I think if he's, yeah, if he says I'm okay enough, he, he'll believe himself. But he, he, he's not one of these people that like, completely acts drunk when they're saying I'm fine I can give up whenever he no he he's I don't know what you mean yeah but I'm ta- okay so somebody might look at him explaining that and thinking that he was genuine I, I thought I, I think I think he's got he's got the routine down to a fine art of saying I'm fine I can handle the drink I, I you don't need to worry about me definitely don't need to go to an AA meeting um and she realises that he's had a drink today as well, so it has been more than once. So this is when it starts to go really south of the pair. Peter starts laying into Carla, saying the vilest of things, saying, oh, you love it when I'm a wreck, so you can be your, my saviour, come riding in on your white horse, and because it helps you forget about your own instability. You've got it all worked out, you so you say, but you haven't. You haven't even got it close. He says, you're a mess, you always will be, and I don't need, neither, I don't need you. That's... It is very cruel, nasty man. So she leaves, goes to the hotel. Adam's still there. And basically, to cut a long story short, ends up with them going up to the hotel room and Carla just casually dropping in. Oh, it's a big bed for one. Wink, wink. (laughs) In they go. The the hotel room door closes and up and down the country, people sigh. Um... Well, well maybe some what, people are excited what, by it, but one thing I will say, I'm th- there's very few things, reasons to be thankful that coronavirus exists. One of the reasons is that you don't have to suffer through stupid scenes of people with their L-shaped blankets in bed next to each other. Oh yeah, very. We true. don't need to see them in bed. We don't need to see them kissing or rolling around on a mattress. No, Literally, we just... you see two characters going into a room together and then you see them the next day putting their clothes on. We can all work it out. Yeah, that was all we needed and that's all we got. 
Uh, Carla is mortified for the next day. She does not want to talk about it. She just wants to get back to the street. How embarrassing. I can't believe how early they got up as well. That that room was paid for through to noon. (laughs) Um, And over in the Rovers, Johnny and Jenny come downstairs. Johnny's still very much on edge because this whole Scott thing, there's definitely unresolved issues there. The story's going to be coming back at some point, I think. But um, they they think there's been a break-in, but it turns out that it's just a snoozing Peter there. He's on, on, in the booth in the Rovers, empty whiskey bottle. He's, uh, he's, he's plastered and unconscious, basically. So they have to lead him out of the car because they need to take him to the hospital because they realise that... Um, He's, you know, a drink for him isn't just, oh, now he's going to be an addict again and he's not going to be able to stop. It could literally kill him. And this is what he's told pretty much, isn't it, at the at the hospital later. Like, you're one drink away from a fatal internal bleed. Yeah. Really, really shouldn't do it. I mean, I don't know. Oh. I, th- I think he's been told stuff like that before. Yeah, yeah, but, we have. But we, we're been told that. He, he, the thing is, Peter is, as a viewer, I don't think that Peter is ever going to literally drink himself to death. But... It's, it's nice to be reminded scary, that the, 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 the threat that you can is do there. That to yourself. It is. It's like it's that it's like, bad. You're not allowed to buy more than one. You know, no, you, you you're not allowed to buy more than two boxes of paracetamol. But if you want to buy ten bottles of whiskey mm. and drink yourself to death, as long as you pay for it, no one cares. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Sarah comes into the factory later, where Carla and Adam have retired to after their um, their night in the hay. In the ho- in Ray's Night hotel, in the hay. yeah, you know, rolling about in the hay, um, and Adam has to do a little hide behind the pillar. Sarah realizes after he makes a bit of noise or something, I can't remember what it was, that somebody's there, and she makes a tactful exit. Can I just say that Sarah's in a soap, right? And this could have been a man that that Carla was having an affair with. But it's equally as likely that it was somebody holding her hostage and was going to shoot her in the head. And Sarah was just it's like... It's happened before in the factory. Yeah. Sarah's like, oh, I can see you're not alone. I'll just go and leave you two together. And Carla could be like, no, my God, help me out. <laughs> very true, very true. And this, and as, as it is a soap, then it could have been a quite highly likely chance that the person that Carla is with is somebody related to Sarah or married to Sarah or, you know, it could have been David, it could have been Nick, could have been Adam, yeah. could have been Gail, maybe. Could have been Gail. Um, but no, she, she, they managed to keep it hidden for a little bit longer. Um, yeah, we, we see a few scenes of Peter in, in hospital later. Um, after I really Carla, liked Carla's been able to get rid of Adam. Was super blunt. Yeah, I know, he was, wasn't he? He's, he's like, well, uh, do you, you... You drink again, you could die. Well, he's like, Peter says, oh, I don't need to do this, that and the other thing. And the doctor's like, well, would you bet your life on it? Because that's what you're doing. Mm. Like, oh, he must, that doctor must have seen some (laughs) cases. Yeah. Adam goes to see Daniel later to see if he's spoken to Peter recently. And Daniel says, no, maybe you should go and see him. Or maybe even go and see Carla. Um, Back at the Rovers and Peter has decided he really, really definitely 100% is certainly going to be stopping drinking now because he doesn't particularly want to die. Also, Carla, you're amazing. It's one of those classic soap scenes where the the person who is being told they're amazing is harbouring this evil secret guilt of something that they've done. He's just like, you're the perfect woman in the world. You're the best person I've ever known. The only thing that could make this not work between us, work, is that you would reveal to me that you had slept 
with Adam, but that would never happen and you wouldn't lie to me, would you? It, that is pretty much and that, Carla's wasn't it? And Carla's like, you bet. Just like when Leanne was saying similar things to Nick when he had a massive secret of his uh, of his son a few weeks ago. And just like when she, Leanne was no also telling secrets. Steve how wonderful and great father he is when he was about to say, I'm going to kill our child. The most important thing is that we're honest with each other from now on. That is uh, that is and that, that we is don't becoming have any secrets about affairs. That is becoming my most loathed soap cliche. It's used so much more than I swear. I know it, that's what I think. It's I become more. And we we just had it recently again with uh, with Abby and Debbie, didn't we? Like, yeah, yay, honesty. Everybody honest to each other. No more secrets. No more between secrets us. from now. So fed up, and then we get the when we get and the, the person look, goes, don't we? Going, oh Ooh. no, but I have a secret. And then Todd jumps what in and goes, gulp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> this is very ironic that you should bring this up because actually I do happen to have another secret, but don't worry, it'll come out before the end of the week. Yeah, well, I'm glad at least um, a lot of this did come out um, today, although not everything, of course. So they they've told each other they love her. Carla goes off thinking it's all been solved, but when he's alone, Peter picks up Carla's phone when it starts ringing. It's the hotel saying. Um, Somebody is that bloke that you were with, you know. <laughs> that they sh- if only they'd said the Scottish bloke, because then that Peter could well, have gone. Well, there's only one of them round here. That he's Scottish. Every- everyone else who mentions Adam likes to remark upon the fact that he's from north of the border. It can't be uncommon. What can't be uncommon? That there are Scottish people. <laughs> well, I don't know that. I, like, I don't know that I would remark upon it quite so much. Well. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I, I do you know you're Scottish. I I, I I like the scene with um, Peter and Dev in the shop later, and uh-huh. Dev's doing his uh, shop. Peter and Dev, Adam and Dev. Oh yeah, it was Adam and Dev, wasn't it? Okay, what what was it? Dev was asked, saying that he get well, pictures. Like, Adam has been more I want of a some porridge. porridge. No, no, he wants some. Uh, he had some sugar puffs or something. Or, or, like, or well, shouldn't you be in porridge? And he's like, <sighs> he he's like, oh yeah, stereotype. What? And then Dev does his in, Indian. Yeah, we won't do it. Shopkeeper, um, I'm not going to. No, um, I, I hear the Simpsons might have got in trouble because of that. I'm surprised that Adam didn't say, um, you can't say that to me because Ofcom will get on our case again because we've already had 56 people complaining about Sarah calling me a smug Scottish git. Have there? Yeah. I mean, 56 people. I, I was quoted in a digital spy article. Were you? I sent you the link. It didn't, they didn't credit me, but they quoted my I don't think I noticed tweets. that. Oh, that's good. Because right. I, um, I genuinely find it annoying and i would be offended by scottish to to use the word scottish as though it were an insult well we've seen lots of people on twitter arguing about this and some some scottish people have said it doesn't bother me at all and other people have said yes i do agree well it it bothers me because it apart from anything else it gives it it makes creates animosity and it's just as likely for people to be insulted for being English, and I don't think that either of those things are good. I suppose and we if don't there need was, to fuel the flames. But if there was a character from Southampton that went up to Weatherfield and everyone called him smug southern gits, might get they a bit would, offended by I, that. Wow, I would, I wouldn't. I've, I've, people have insulted me for being southern many mm. times. Anyway, so Peter, uh, so Carla, Peter knows that Carla was with another guy with a wallet last night and when he comes <laughs> back he's in, like right who do i know this man that has a purse because it's not him everybody just pays contactlessly with their phone these days so it must be somebody old-fashioned carla comes back in he confronts her she makes up a plausible sounding excuse about her no, she doesn't well she thinks she said that it was she does like, 
Which three random businessmen. It's men. Pete from Peterborough. <clears throat> Oh yeah, Peter from Peterborough, or Steve from Stevenage, or something. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> and, it, and um, Welshy from Wales. Yeah, um, the, the, he he, he falls <laughs> for it. Who else were you with, Carla? Uh, table. Hang on a minute. Give me a little. Give me a little bit McChairman. longer. Chairman. <laughs> he falls for it anyway because uh, he wants to. So later on, Adam <laughs> realizes in the shop that he's lost his wallet. I don't know whether we particularly needed that scene, but never mind, because we knew it was going to be his anyway, but maybe they really wanted no, to I'm waiting lay for, it on I was waiting for, for Adam to come to Peter and say, oh, I would, but I've forgotten my wallet. Yeah, I, I don't think we saw him say that, did we? Unless I missed that, that would have been... There's gonna, this, is, this is just laying down some, some little breadcrumbs. I mean, the fact that Dev was there, we could very well, you know, next week have Peter... Go into the robe and into into Dev's shop, and he maybe he forgets his wallet. Yeah. And Dev said, "Oh, you're the second person this week that's done this." All the always forget their wallets. Yeah, something like that. And um, then Peter says, "Who? What do you mean?" And and Adam and Dev says, "Oh, Adam slept with your girlfriend, and he forgot his wallet." <laughs> Everybody's talking about it. I thought you knew. <laughs> Um, so Johnny and Peter see that Carla's upset later, and Peter apologizes for what he ever said the other day. You know, when I was so nasty to you, I'd understand if you walked. So tragic. Where Sorry is about me? your ovaries. Peter says, look, did something happen last night? Because you're still looking pretty out of sorts, Carla. Did you sleep with something? And she something. says... Something. Someone. Someone. Yes, there was a pillow <laughs> and a blanket. And a teddy bear. I apologise. Did you sleep with someone? And he's just like, oh, it meant nothing. It was Stephen. Oh, Stephen he's H. mad. He's mad. He said, she says, look, I was sad. I was angry. I was hurt by what you'd said. It's just some random businessman. It didn't mean anything. What? What? <laughs> Why is it so stupid? I don't like, understand how it. I don't understand how anyone can, can accidentally have sex excuse. with someone. <laughs> I, I, how, has, that, has that ever washed, that excuse? It didn't mean anything. But it's one that's tried, <laughs> they try to trot it out every Why time, Why did you do they? it then? Why? How? Um, anyway, Pete, Pete has gone later and Carla's outside the Rovers looking all angsty and Sarah, of course, comes up to her and says, uh, and, and she's told that Peter has found out about this bloke this that she was again, with, this person that another, Sarah thinks that she caught Carla with this morning. Super on the nose conversation of Sarah yeah. going, don't worry, you, me and Adam will never get back together, but you and Peter are fantastic together. And the only You're like thing a force that could, of nature. And I really admire you as a fellow businesswoman. And the only thing that could spoil our relationship is if you had a secret that you were keeping from me, like for example, if you slept with my husband. Mm. Anyway, bye, Carla. <laughs> See you later. It, it may as well have been that. I mean, all of this week, really. Um, so Daniel and Adam see Peter with another bottle in Victoria Gardens later. Carla wasn't trying very hard to find Peter later, was she? Well, if, you're lo- if you've lost someone on Coronation probably Street, they'll where be they in are. Victoria Gardens and there's a 50% chance they will be drunk. Yeah. Because that's where you go to cry and drink alcohol from a bottle Although or a we, can. We did have two people having a bit of a moment on Maxine's bench today, a bit of a throwback, wasn't it? Poor old Maxine's I'm surprised bench. that Summer didn't say, oh, I'm too young to know who Maxine Peacock is. I'm just 16. <laughs> Remember, everybody. I'm definitely not I in my may look 20s. older, but I'm definitely just a we'll girl. We will get to that. We will get to that. Although, I wonder whether people can guess what we're going to say. <laughs> um, Ad- P- Peter tells Adam and Ka- Daniel that Carla has been with another bloke. Adam can is I just obviously say one thing there feeling a bit awkward. I hope to God... 
that whoever is in charge of casting young actors on Coronation Street never gets anywhere near a checkout till and has to has to card people for buying <laughs> alcohol because everyone will get carded. Yeah. Well, she's 85. She, I don't know. She could be 25. How are we to know? If you use enough makeup, no one will be able to tell you anyway. <laughs> it's yeah, not like be, people have got 50 inch the back 4K of the televisions at home. So um, then Peter goes back to the Rovers. Carla's crying. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry too. Isn't honesty great? No more secrets, etc., etc., etc. Carla and Adam themselves later do a no one can ever know kind of thing. We've got to Peter? keep this a secret, oh, Carla yeah. and Adam. Well, nobody no, can no, find Adam, out. Adam's being really aggressive to her and saying like, "You can't tell anybody. You can't tell anybody. It ruined me." Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the episode, Peter phones the hotel to try and claim the wallet so that he can find out who it is. But alas, he Adam has to. beaten him to it. Um, and so he's going to have to find some other avenue to find out who Carla's mystery man is because he obviously still doesn't quite trust her. I'm surprised the person on the other end of the phone didn't say, the wallet? What, the tartan one? <laughs> you already came to get that, sir. Do you not remember? Maybe we should have called this storyline the tartan, the tartan. <laughs> so. Yeah. What do we think of this Why this have you week? written meerkat? I've just written Meerkats to remind me to talk about the fact that it's very sad that it seems that the Compare the Meerkat sponsorship with Coronation Street is finally at an end. I mean, we knew it would happen. They've been saying for, you know, a good six, seven months now, it feels like, that um, they needed a new sponsor for the end of this year. And I don't know who it is. I don't think it's been announced yet. I'm kind of excited. it's somebody interesting and fun? I hope it is. I really, really hope it is because I've I've loved the Meerkat sponsoring Coronation Street and it has been very tragic. Even the way Alexander says it... Like, I know. My cat has been proud to sponsor oh, Coronation no, Street. Come back. Oh no! What are you going to sponsor they're re- now? They're replaying all the old, old uh, little identity things as well, aren't they? So sad. Anyway, um, yeah. T- what do we want to talk about first? The Carla and Adam angle, or the Peter falling off the wagon angle? What are you reading about? I'm just looking at the the press the press thing about what happened this week. Do you mind? We just read it. Do we miss something important? I don't know, because you won't let me read it, because you keep talking to me. Okay. I don't understand why you're talking to me. You can do this podcast by yourself. I can't. I, I <laughs> totally can't. I totally can't. I've already said what I think about this. I, I didn't... I Whatever you say, I didn't think that the, the Peter going back to the drinking was particularly as tense as it could be. And I'm thinking of scenes like... Um, that bit where he smashed the whiskey bottle on the night that Ken got pushed down the stairs. I thought that was all great. And I just, I'm I'm not excited by Peter falling off the no, wagon again. No, I'm not again. either. It's... But it's realistic and it's one of these difficult things that soaps have to deal with. And the problem is that when you talk about, when you when you have a character who has something like an addiction or a mental health issue... That problem, that issue that they have, isn't doesn't go away magically after a few weeks of them really super focusing on solving the problem. It will, you know, some some people battle it their entire lives. Mm. I mean, they completely abandoned Craig's OCD storyline, and they were doing pretty well with trying to trying to work on that. But I think they just got overwhelmed with what OCD actually is, and they kind of misrepresented it in a really poor way um didn't they yeah, so, so like in, in the end so they, well he doesn't have ocd anymore does he and that's not how it works mm. 
So, Peter falling off the wagon, realistic, yes. But, but is it interesting? You know, if that's the trouble, is it interesting? I say no, I'm not really interested. This whole everything about this this particular story this week just felt so very painfully. We've seen it all before. And I guess Adam was the new angle and the fact that, you know, Adam and Sarah, Sarah nearly catches Adam, but it's, well, if it's you still look at, just, if you just slight down, tweaks to a tried and yeah. tested formula. Right down, the, right down the sketch of what happened, like a very brief sketch, it's Leanne, Nick, Peter and Carla all having relationship problems while Peter battles against his alcohol addiction and falls off the wagon. I mean, we've had this storyline. Yeah. And and you're right, the fact that it's, that, that coincides with Nick and Leanne's current relationship <laughs> problems that they're having, it feels like we've stepped back in time 10 years. Maybe it's just doing it as a tribute to the 50th anniversary <laughs> or something, I don't know, because Peter was going through a bit of a state back then, wasn't he, if yes, you remember rightly. Yeah. Um, um, it was... It w- I actually found it more compelling than I thought I would do when Carla was crying when Peter came back at the very end of Friday's episode. She was crying and saying, he said, I I haven't had a drink. And she was crying and saying, oh, God, thank you. Um, I just want to help you. That that stirred something in me that I wasn't expecting to feel because I you... genuinely don't have feelings for this, this, this couple. No, I was going to say, you're not, you're certainly not. I, mean, I I don't hate them as a couple, and I, and I think that actually the actors work very well together, and it's the sort of couple that I think, yeah, can keep them together. Why not? Carla and Peter feel like they belong together, but yet again, it's a case of we only ever see them together when they're on the verge of splitting up or yeah. one's cheating with each other. Let's see them have some Do stories anything. where they're doing anything together as a couple. <laughs> Yeah, the Coronation Street can't do relationships. I, I, I want to see them battle adversity together. And, and now... It's gonna... And it's not even like... The Coronation Street... So I think Coronation Street thinks that they're doing that, but adversity from within a troubled relationship is not the same thing. No, no, it's not. You want to see people unite as a team and take something on that's an external force. Mm. That's, that, you know, and not like, oh, it's threatening to break them apart. Like, eh. and I, 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 I kind of felt that a lot of it was accelerated too quickly this week as well. The, the Carla and Peter fallout seem to almost come out of nowhere. Yes, they've had issues. Um, I was really shocked when he was so mean and bitchy yeah but that that was the main the main bit on wednesday's episode when he started being so cruel and blunt to her Mm. i thought is this the booze talking is he saying is it the truth that's coming out i don't know it just didn't it didn't feel like he would say that to her was he trying to hurt her feelings was he just trying to get rid of her so that he could be alone with his bottle I, i don't know but or, or was it just put in by the script writers to... Don't know. To speed things up and, and add drama and... I, I don't know, I don't know. It, it just didn't sit, didn't sit right with me. Um, as, well, had, as did her... They had to I... give her a plausible reason for going off with Adam, didn't they? Yeah, it, it just felt like it's not been building up to it. It was just like, oh, so they they're did, doing this now, no, are they? they Adam did, and Carla. They have sort of kind of been... Their, their relationship is weirdly intense at times, you know. Yeah, and 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 I, and Carla and Adam have had this 
kind of maybe at sexual tension going for a few months now. Didn't they end up? Who did she? Because end they up were, with it was Daniel, wasn't it? Daniel, yeah. Because it, it's been a month or two since the, the rutting eight man manslag lines. And I think maybe probably back then we thought, oh, are they going to end up together? Well, I mean, the happen? fact that but, that was choreographed you, all those months ago, you can't say it came out of nowhere. No, it just it's it's just not been a gradual build up to it. It's been a, you know, two months ago, this happened. Then a month later, this happened. And now we're into the oh we've got no choice we have to have sex with each other now yeah because we're both really sad i was i was disappointed with carla at the end of wednesday's episode i really was it did seem a bit of a weird choice to make didn't it but i mean people have also have commented online we've seen about the she's got a tick list of the barlow men that she's working her way through (laughs) obviously just a subset of the the whole list of men she's waiting for simon to come of age (laughs) um and and it's going to make things awkward because it's part of the family <laughs> and because her co-worker is married to the guy. Well, look, I mean, you can see let's... you can see the the knots that this ties ties itself into, but it it just doesn't make it any more. Just to rem- to just me. to reiterate, Adam is Peter's nephew because his mum was Susan. Susan was was Peter's twin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's Uncle Peter. Yes. Mm. And so she slept with her boyfriend's nephew. Yeah. yeah. And her co-worker's husband. So and it wasn't two different people. <laughs> when and how <laughs> is this going to come out then? Oh. Is it gonna be a, is it gonna be because of the wallet? I think so. Could be. I mean that, that clue They've seems made to a have big been deal about those breadcrumbs it. have been dropped there. Um, Delicious. But, I mean, it, it could well be a 60th anniversary week as well, reveal. But if it is, then it's like... Oh, no. There's some scenes that I'm not particularly looking forward to. I want it to be, I want it to be all, all... All Jeff, really. On, <laughs> on the 60th all, anniversary. All Jeff and all, all Jeff Ray. And a, and a little bit. Oh, yeah, and Ray, a, of course, as with well, with JCB, yeah. Like, nudging Gail's annex. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and the other theory that I've seen bandied about online is, is Carla going to get pregnant through this? Because they mentioned this week, didn't they? It's been brought up and Peter talking about, oh, you'll, you'll, ne- you'll never be a mum. Well, the fact that and he then, said oh, this. And I'm going to get pregnant tonight then from Adam. The fact but, that he said, he said, the fact that it's been brought it, up like, to remind us mm. that she has had fertility issues in the past and, and, uh, and abortion and, and stuff Ooh, like that. But I just think it's, um, I, I don't... And, that, and that's the problem that with these really weird with these shock pregnant. pregnancies. It's it's if she if Carla is pregnant with her boyfriend's <laughs> nephew's baby, it's just there for the sensationalist. Oh my gosh, factor without the long term thought of so how's this going to work? I know then? they really it really feels. It's like, like the Gemma. A lot of the let's times, make Gemma pregnant yeah, with it, quads. It feels wow. like a lot of the times. Oh no! Now there's the the fallout. Um, producers will be like, "Well, that's not my problem." That's yeah, something that they're going to worry about producer. five years from now. I'm not going to be it. Mm. It's, uh, it's, it's, just, it's just grubby, isn't it? it that, that's, that's all it is. Well, I mean, There's and also, then we'd have another, another thing of like, well, will she carry it to term? Will she have a termination? Will, will she have a miscarriage? Yeah. I, I mean, I, it feel, I, I think Will that, she have complications with the pregnancy? Will the baby be healthy? mm I, I, I don't think that the Carla and Adam thing's going to come out straight away. I think that Sarah and Adam 
might just get a little bit closer. Sarah and Adam will get back together. Just, just yeah. as they get out, get together, or just before they're going to get back together, that's when the truth comes out about it. And, uh, that's and when Peter will poor walk little up. heart is torn in two. Peter will come up to Adam and look him in the eye and go, did you get your wallet back in the end? And yeah. Adam will go, oh, how did you know? And uh, and then probably Peter will go off to, to bed, Abby, just for... Just, just for, to make just it a nice, kicks. neat little round circle. Yeah, yeah. Shagging circle. Oh, and, and the, sad, the sad thing is as well, this kind of feels like it's towards the beginning of the story. I know! <laughs> Isn't it really tiresome when you know you're at the beginning of a story that you, you're going to hate? And it's it could like, be it's like just a year, got disaster a all over it, of... and not in a good way. Oh, Peter, why? Carla, you told me that blah, blah, blah. It wasn't me, it was the booze. Oh, I was sad because you said I couldn't have children. And now here's a baby. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Guess you feel stupid now, don't you? <laughs> okay, okay. Let's let's move on. We were not particularly impressed by I, this story. I, well, the thing is, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. And like I said, I genuinely did go, ooh, yeah. When... The, the final scene when Carla was crying and I thought, yeah, I can, I can understand why people are invested in this couple, I guess. I, I totally can. They're both can. really great actors as well. Oh, they it's they like, really are. Chris Gascoigne and, 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 yeah, and Ali King. And they've got great, great chemistry, like you said. I don't particularly care about them as a couple. It's just baffling, isn't it, how sometimes things can just slide off you mm. and you're not interested at all. Mm. Mm. It's, it's sad that Carla's stories have just become worrying about peter drinking <laughs> uh, it's just all it's ma- it's all massive drama my oh no my kidney don't work anymore and i i keep seeing oh, I've been, Lana there's some there's a the person that assaulted me last year when i was oh, having yeah. my mental breakdown having my drugs yeah time. she needs she needs to have a nice nice easy ride in 2021 she needs she to have thought... a better fun carla does because fun carla is brilliant when she, she when Carla when Carla came in to the to, to the show how many years ago it was and she fun. and she was just there in the in the factory you know kicking back Girl boss. bottle of something or other load of fun and she's she's just tragedy queen now yeah um anyway talking if of tragedy if you don't want people to give you tragedy don't be so good at crying <laughs> that's it if you can, if you pretend you can't squeeze them out then <laughs> right anyway as I was saying talking of tragedy here's my segue. What's been going on with poor little Ollie this week? Poor Oliver. Is it going to get better yet? No. On Monday, Tracy tells Emma, Steve is just being sensible over Oliver because this is what happened last week. The main development was that Steve said, I'm not going to fight. In fact, I'm actually going to prevent you, Leanne, from fighting Oliver's sort of end we need of to, life arrangements. We need to let, let go. him die. Yeah. We, need to, we, we need to fight. I want to fight for the right for him to die peacefully. Yeah, and stop him suffering. And Leanne's like, no, there's always a chance. If you're alive, there's always a chance. Can totally understand why she thinks that, because it's true, you know. While you're alive, there's a chance. It's it's like a very remote chance. But I mean... There's more chance of us all being hit by an asteroid and dying. Literally, Leanne is the only person now that really 100% genuinely thinks that there is a more than a slither of a chance here and I don't know whether she just can't admit it to herself yet but she's still the one that's fighting for him I mean Toya's sitting there but I don't think Toya really believes that Imran and Elliot are Toya's like, willing to fight for is, her I but think, I don't think they think it no, either Toya knows that everybody like there, there's of no, it's not of no benefit to 
Leanne to have someone else tell her the same thing that she hasn't listened to any other person say. She needs somebody that just supports her kind of uh, mm. wholesale and without question. Yeah. And Toya, you you know that if Leanne suddenly said, actually, let's let's let him go, Toya would say, okay, yes, you've made the right I, decision. I really, really hope, although I don't think it's going to happen, there's a scene where Leanne says that to Toya and they have a lovely... Oh, oh. Actually, they, they need a sisterly hug and they can't do they it. They can't, can they? A sisterly hug between Leanne and Toya I when know. Leanne admits or, or realises or whatever verb good, you want to use probably, that they need to let him go. Can I just say this is probably why um, they've split Nick and Leanne up. It could be, could be. <laughs> One of the reasons. We can't possibly do it without any hugging, so that's just not happening. Well, it would be weird, wouldn't it? It would be weird. Mm. I mean, they're not in the same, like, I guess they're not following COVID rules properly and they can't. And that's another discussion we're not going to get into about all that nonsense because it's stupid to expect them to be able to know what the rules are when pe- people in the world don't. But, like... In rules have been in the past that you're not allowed to touch people who are in your aren't in your support bubble. Mm. So you know. Well, they they can can't they technically form a support bubble now, Toya and Leanne, because Leanne's on her own, so she's well a now one they person can, but they're they... not playing by the rules no. currently, are they? So. But in any case, Georgia and Jane aren't allowed to hug on they screen. They could quarantine together. Not. Do they not care about this job? <laughs> Come on, do it for the 60th, <laughs> Two girls. weeks is all it would take. Quarantining either end, just for, for a that. a real tearjerker. Really satisfying, a nice hug. <laughs> I, will, I want once they're allowed to go back to the, the normal filming for everyone to just have a... Group a, hug, a, an orgy. An orgy, yeah. <laughs> Heartwarming orgy and a... And a dirty orgy. Oh, a heartwarming hug. Did I say a heartwarming orgy? <laughs> yeah, you did. A heartwarming <laughs> hug. Or a, a, a down and dirty orgy. orgy. How would that? How would that go? <laughs> I don't know. That's, let's leave it for the fan fiction <laughs> sites. I think you guys can think of what that means yourself. I'll let you get back on with this. I don't know where I am now. You're oh, best, best talking I'm about how tragic Roy everything naked. is. No, don't. <laughs> Boy proper naked on a cold day. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone going, so heartwarming. Look at him. He's enjoying himself more than he ever has in his whole life. He didn't even know it could be like this. Stop it, Jenna. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This is, this in, is a family podcast. And also, this is a story about a child with a terminal illness. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Right, listen. In the factory, Beth is saying about how unfair it is, and Todd says, well, the, Todd gets, like, some kind of random like right winger on Twitter going all oh, the justice system in this country is is unparalleled and impartial and that's what makes us great. He he is a lawyer or he was a lawyer. Got to fight for his people. <sighs> anyway, it was just weird. Steve arrives at the hospital and Leanne bites his head off and then Leanne, Imran and Elliot meet up and Leanne's trying to convince Steve to go through with the appeal. No, that's oh, what they say that's Oh, that's you what have she has to, to convince do, yeah. Steve. Um, he, you can't do it by yourself. So she says to Steve, I need you. And Steve's like, no, it doesn't make any difference. The appeal won't change anything. I'm not going to oppose you, but I won't support you. And she's upset. She gets she gets emotional about it. Well, there's a range of emotions. 
I think emotional is the word that she uses to describe. What does she say? Head. I'm feeling emotional. No, I can't. About I can't your... remember what she says now. But I've written emotional in inverted commas I know, in my notes what's, here. That's what's bothering me. I, I'm sure I had a reason for it at the time. Steve talks to Imran and Elliot, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know what to do. Um, I don't want Leanne to be a lone mad woman in court." And they say, um, "You know, this could go quite far if she fights this. It could go to the European Court of Human Rights." And Steve says, no, I can't. I'm letting him go. So Leanne then says, I'm sorry about what happened earlier. And everything's going fine until Steve says, actually, I've changed my mind. I'm going to fight you. And I'm we, we've got to put Oliver first. You're not you're not putting Oliver first. I am. I'm not I'm going to stop this suffering that's going on. You're, you haven't done anything wrong. You haven't put a foot wrong once throughout the whole thing you've been a brilliant mum but I'm telling you this is the end now poor Leanne um on Friday Toya and Leanne are watching Ollie in the morning and Toya is trying to get her to see Steve's point of view but she's not really much she's not getting anywhere with it then um Tracy and Emma are talking about Oliver and how Amy is going to um cope with his death and Emma says Let's put together a memory box with photos and like hand prints and things. And I was like, oh, that sounds macabre. You said, oh, that sounds macabre and morbid. And then that, that's what um, Tracy said, didn't she? Yeah. She said, oh, she that says it sounds morbid. Grim. I don't know. It's because he's unconscious that it sounds. Oh, yeah. It's. Oh. Is it a bit. Um... It's like. I'm, I don't want to say too much because this is obviously something that people do and they feel, they find very comforting. And I've never been in the situation, so I don't know whether this is comforting. Not everybody copes in the same way, but if this is something that Emma and Tr- Tracy and everybody would find comforting, then go ahead and do it. Mm. I'm not going to say anything else about what I think about it. I the think... idea of having photos is a brilliant idea, especially I... printed out ones. I, I think it's one of these things. I think if I was in a position like that, God forbid, or, you know, in, in something similar, I'd... I, I think I probably might go for it because I might think I might not want it now and I might think now that it's morbid and horrible, but I wouldn't want to be in a situation 5, 10, 15, whatever years Good down point. the line where I wish I had, you know, chopped off a finger and stuck it in a box on ice. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> no, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it, right. at least you can have it there if you want to remember him or feel close to him or just have something to hold. And even if I have this box and I open it up in 10 years down the line and I just cry Don't my like heart it. out. No, if I, if I cry right. my heart out because of it, then that's fine. Well, that's yeah. that's natural thing to do. I mean, I'm I'm not opposed to the idea of memory boxes in the, as a general concept. I have memory boxes for holidays that have gone on, for God's sake. <laughs> Um, but I don't have fingerprints of all the people that I've met. <laughs> when I was, um, so anyway, Emma finds Steve upset in the hospital and he's, thinking about what he said before about Oliver being in limbo and she suggests the idea of the memory box and he says I don't think Leanne would cope with it to be honest but I'm going to do it anyway. Leanne would probably quite like the idea of like taking some of his DNA in case that they can reanimate him. Oh god what are you talking about? (laughs) Or like sending him off to South Korea and getting him made into a cat clone. Yeah yeah they could they could reanimate him and and just not and it looks different and that's how they could get away with changing the actor maybe in the future. (laughs) Amy but we know it's Ollie because he loves that red car idea. and 
and oh, the red he's a card. lovely kid. The red and, card's going to go. What in else there, is Ollie's personality? Yeah, he does funny things. Yeah, I, well, yeah. What was what's going to be in Ollie's book? Red car, Mister Mister Men books. Uh, I'm, Don't I'm, be mean. I'm at a loss. What else does he like? He's got a, he's got a little farm at home, so maybe you could have a he little plays cow figure. Um, uh, I'm out of ideas. Oh, that's the end. That's the end of it. Yeah. Memory box. Yeah, unmemorable. Well, he also Steve maybe also, if we do uh, maybe once he cops rude. it, if we do a character profile of Ollie, maybe they can put a little recording of it. Oh, Michael, you're so rude. Um, I also thought it was sad when Steve mentioned that he had a memory box for Rory. Oh yeah. Oh, imagine, like it feels like he hasn't like Simon Gregson's doing a good job. And and the writing's really good in general for this. But it does feel a bit like Steve hasn't ever said, I can't believe how cruel life is. I this is the second child now that I will have watched die. Mm. How can how can this how can life how can the universe be so cruel? How can one man be expected to suffer take so much all of tragedy? This? Well, it's horrible. Mm. Two children that will ha- will be on a shelf. Yeah. I want to know box. what's happened to, to Rory's memory box when um, Michelle obviously took yeah, it. Yeah, I was gonna say Michelle, if anyone's taken it, Michelle has. They well, didn't. Yeah. They didn't get joint custody of the memory box, and they just split it down the middle. This is the thing. It, it kind of feels a bit like maybe maybe they took the white rose that was inside and <sighs> was like one for me, one no. for you. Like a, he loves me, he loves me, lot kind of thing. Sorry, carry on. I don't know what I was saying. I don't know what I was saying. I'm just, saying so, just be careful what you say. I'm just, oh, I'm I know, just I know, a joke I know. About I, know but people, I know, but people don't like hits all the time, do they? I don't them all the time. <laughs> Not all the time. Not all the time, just sometimes. Right, done. Oh, yeah. A- Amy thinks that it's a great idea, didn't she? I said she? that, Did yeah. You? Oh, I, I literally that, said, I, this is done. I've finished talking about this. Yeah. I, I was surprised how little this story featured in in the show this week. I was feeling that after last week it was, you know, full steam ahead for let's let, maybe even kill off Ollie on Monday. And I, were, and I was kind of starting to feel on Monday that somebody needed to fight for the right for the story to die peacefully. It was oh, like, I, I, I've had enough now. I, I, it, I, I was wondering whether it was going to be one of those occasions when Coronation Street has a big climax to something on Friday and then Monday it comes to an abrupt halt, by which I mean Monday they switch off the life support. Well, this is the thing. Ollie, Oliver doesn't feel like Oliver's going to die by himself. No. And so we have to have Leanne's deciding that she's, this is going to happen. Mm. And she's nowhere near that right now. Oh, I don't know. It, it's hard to tell because we didn't see very much of her this week. I mean, if you think this is depressing, you wait till this funeral. Oh, gosh, yeah. Surely there's going to be a funeral. Yeah, yeah, there will be. That's going to be tragic. Anyway, that, that's what, there's not much to say about this story, really, is there? Because, as I say, not, not a whole lot happened. Um, I, what did you think about Steve you know, standing up so strongly against Leanne and saying, I'm going to fight to let him die rather than just I'm going to take a step back and you know not fight for him to live uh, brave think, move or foolhardy if you, if you believed that you were right you would have to do this wouldn't you because he like when somebody is unconscious and they're dying and they're not going to regain consciousness and you're literally waiting for them to die and you know they're going to die 
the waiting is the worst bit mm. because you're thinking let let me go as well you know i need to i need to start yeah you and we the got process. this we got this from steve last week didn't he when he was saying well we've read all the mr men books we've been reading for months he can't hear us leanne he's not been able to hear any of oh. it with still we've been reading and he he needs some kind of release from it doesn't he well yeah he he's caught he's mm. stuck he wants to he wants this bit to be over with because this is horrible. Yeah, he knows and it's he's coming, saying but he that he's suffering. Where. Like he literally believes that Oliver is suffering. Like he's in pain somewhere, or mm. he can. He, he, like there's a part of him that is experiencing some unpleasant sensations that yeah. should be. Well, this is because this is what stopped. all the doctors have been saying, haven't they? Everyone who's with a you know medical degree that's um, been on this case has said. He's getting worse. He's not oh. going to get any better. He's suffering. Yeah. Uh, anyway. You couldn't, if you, you couldn't, you couldn't stand by. Could you? If you're Steve and you know. No. That he's suffering. Oh, I don't know. And he will die and it's just like torturing him. Mm. Wouldn't want to think Horrible. we'd ever be in this situation. No, of course. Let's move on. Let's let's do the the dicking around storyline. Yeah, had, let's um, talk about this let's have, now. Let's talk about Paul dressing up like a like a clergyman and dancing around with a can of booze. Wednesday, Paul is overslept because he's got a job. Everyone, he's got Ooh. a second job as telly. It's not a no, job, not, is it? Telly sales. Tele, no, that's that's the that's confusing of a story. He's a telephone help person yes. for people with issues. And um, so he's not getting much sleep. And usually on Coronation Street, that means I'm going to crash my car into something. But have we ever seen Paul drive? I'm not sure. So he, um, he, he wakes up and he sees photos of the Archdeacon's house that have been sent through to Billy. And he thinks it looks amazing because he's been living in this pokey flat above the flower shop for so long. And um, this mansion that the deacon is granted he thinks that this is proper mint. Oh, I felt Billy really... is more humble about it. I really, this storyline really got on my nerves. Made nerve. you want to be an art de- archdeacon, didn't it? Yeah, and it and ah, oh, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. So Paul at work gets in trouble with Sarah for having a bit of a snooze on the job. He only and he's still knackered because of all this late night helplining thing that he's doing. He goes over to see Bernie at lunchtime and he's dead excited and says, look at this, this is my new house, oh, Mum. You'd be able fair. to come over. And, and, he, and he says, oh, I can really see this as a place that Billy and I can grow old together in. Oh, do you get to stay being the Archdeacon forever? Is it like being the oh, Pope? I don't know. I don't know. Or is it a re-election every four years kind of deal? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, th- I think that that was a bit... That that line about somewhere to grow old together in it was another one which is like I can see you saying it, but I don't feel like I believe it still with mm-hmm. the characters. There's there's no way that these two characters are going to grow old together, at least on the show. I just yeah, can't no, see but it you, happening. Yeah, but they and it don't was clearly just put in there because to to it's so like, that, to, to, to signal there's him. going to be something tragic that happens here very very yeah, soon. Yeah, the tragedy is he counting get down to live in a five four house. three two. Yeah, so well, it is basically, isn't it? Um, Todd manages to um, s- uh, screw things up for uh, Paul at work later by um, swapping out some. What was he? Swaps out knickers for PPE 
equipment or swaps them with uh, some some masks that are supposed to be going to Weatherfield Hospital and they end up getting peephole bras for some reason. Todd swaps them over. Yeah, we, we don't know that at first, but we see Todd having a smirk from the door at the end of the scene, so we <laughs> Sorry, know. Sorry, this is a no smirking you've been zone. Up to. <laughs> um, Billy is not... Sorry, Paul is not happy um, when he finds out that Billy has decided to turn down the house because he's feeling all humble and magnanimous and sanctimonious this and really stuff. This really bothered me. He's like, I, don't, I couldn't live in a massive house like this. I'm fine. He, you lived in a bloody he, gorgeous vicarage like a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. You Where were, were his principles then? I don't, like... He was trying to fight for him to stay in that vicarage with Todd, wasn't he? I, t- I totally, I totally sympathise with his situation because I can... I, there is an inherent hypocrisy there, isn't there, in some of the the trappings of the church. Mm. And, you know, the fact that that they get to live in these nice houses and then they go and they say, oh, I'll pray for you. And it's like, well, I'm homeless and you live in a giant house. You could you could pray for me, yes, but you could also just let me sleep in your house. Well, this is what Billy wants, isn't it? Well, not as a homeless shelter, but he says he wants to turn it into a halfway house. Probably a good idea after the plans for the halfway house on Victoria Street last year <laughs> fell through because they're crying out for them, all these ex-cons coming out of prison. Um, in the factory, Todd pretends to be concerned for Paul in his situation and Sarah feels guilty when she hears about the helpline and says, OK, Paul, you can stay at Underworld if you like. Go back to your packing job with Dirk. And um, I think what, what you do with the phone counselling is great, by the way. And he says, thank you so much. And she says, you should be thanking Todd because he's the one that told me about all the excellent phony work that you're doing. Paul says, thank you so much, Todd. And, and Todd's like, let's have chippy tea together. Paul tries to resist, but then he relents. And they have he said, a, we'll have gravy. They have, a, they have a meal with, it was him and Paul and Sean together in the flat, wasn't it? And um, this is when uh, Paul starts to get a little bit merry. Todd takes advantage of, uh, of this because he's seen that Billy is just on his way back from wherever he's been and dares Todd to dress up in... Billy's archdeacon clobber, which just so <laughs> happens to be hanging up right beside them, Paul does dancing around, booze a can of booze in one hand, and he's just, like, "Oh, and he's blah, pretending blah, Jesus, blah he, blah blah." No, he says, "Mary and Joseph had a little lamb. I'm <laughs> I'm archdeacon Billy." Blah blah blah. It's quite a, quite a good impression actually, but it's just as Billy comes back. Of course, I did find that quite funny. That's the sort of thing that I wouldn't normally find funny. But um, yeah, that 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 tickled me. I think that uh, Peter Ash did quite a good job with that. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. Um, but it, it was just typical that Billy came back just to see it. <laughs> and uh, he ends, we end the episode with Paul getting a bit of a telling off from Billy. Really, it that which is yet again it, in my mind, it doesn't feel like they're a couple. Well, it feels part- like the vicar and. His charge. And his, his yeah, ward. it is his charge that he's taken in. It, that's how this it feels is, to yeah, me. Yeah, but I think Billy thinks that too, Michael, because what kind of relationship are they in where one person can make a, a unanimous decision about where you're going to live and your financial prospects without consulting the other person? Oh, I know. Billy was bang out of order for it. Yeah, so that's why that. that's partly one, one of the reasons why it doesn't feel like they're in a proper relationship because then, Billy's like, oh, I'm the dad. 
It of is. The family. It is. But then they always make up, and it's like, oh no, we really, really do love each other, and we're perfect for each other. But I still don't forget the way that Billy's actors and the way that they no, are around each other. Him and he, it just doesn't doesn't feel right. He, it feels like it's the Billy show, and Paul's like the little sidekick, like mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but Paul says, "Are you ashamed of me?" Because this is something that Todd had planted in his head earlier that evening, and Billy swears he isn't. Um, and, like, and so well, things are left pretty rough by the end of Wednesday's episode. I'm not, I'm not uh, proud of you when you start dancing around drunk, wearing a un- rainbow unicorn onesie, or when you're stripping in front of the bishop and and trying it's to not your finest and, and move. talking about our sex life. Yeah. Um, so Friday, they had, there's a morning debrief, and again, it it felt like, you know, Billy, give give sort of telling Paul uh Peter uh, yeah, Paul off, and oh, I don't, I don't know, like you really shouldn't have well, done this. And Paul Paul thinks Billy thinks he's a scrounger because he's upset that this lovely house. I mean, they were gonna have an ensuite bathroom. Todd finds Paul having a bit of a moment on Maxine's bench later. And uh, he says, "Oh, you know, I could tell. I could tell Billy it was all my idea. He's he's just worming his way in, isn't he?" Oh yeah, he's undermining their relationship. I don't think they need any help, though. No, definitely not. Um, he's but, also nice to Billy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. And then they make up. They, Paul they, and Billy. Okay, this, this was a bit like the Carla thing, wasn't it? It was like they're making up and breaking up and all that kind of stuff. But the main draw of tonight's episode in this storyline, of course, was Summer's return from Granny Spellman's house. <laughs> Looking a little different. Um, but Why, before... Summer, you don't look a day over 16. That's right, because that's my age. She sees Todd and is not very happy, because she obviously hadn't been told that he's back on the scene. She hasn't been told so that he's a... been recast. No, there's... Like, who's that? I don't know. Who's that? It's me, Summer. I'm 16. You probably I'm don't recognise me because I've I'm always doing my looked hair like this. Look at the photos of me in Eileen's house. Yeah, if you don't believe me. They did have a photo <laughs> of Matilda Freeman's Summer with uh, with Drew, didn't they, on yeah, Wednesday's they episode. So it makes me wonder that in between Wednesday's episode and Friday's episode, we should I, did, I should have looked Drew. in the photo frame <laughs> <laughs> to have they replaced Matilda with, with Harriet in the photos. I don't know. Are they going to replace the Summer's robot with a T-1000? <laughs> yeah, that, that, this new Summer looks like that's it's the exactly sort that the she same. would do. It's exactly the same robot. What She'd do you do mean? do it as a tribute. Um, anyway, th- this basically is her mad at Todd for abandoning her because, yes, she would, but by the epi- end of the episode, it's all fine, really, because they... They, they 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 all learn that they need that people should forgive the people they love. So Summer's cool with Todd, Billy's cool with Paul, <laughs> Paul's talk cool with Billy, and they're all they're all a happy loving and um, and, and that's that really. So Todd is maybe a little bit thwarted because he was trying to undermine the relationship, but there's still plenty of opportunity to oh, worm his way it. back in there and then explode it all from the inside. Do you or, think... or whatever it is that he's trying to do. Because I, I am still enjoying his tricks. And this is why I'm, I want to be a little less um, forthright with my initial impressions of New Summer this week. Because I was very, very anti-Gareth Pierce Todd on his first two weeks worth on the show. But actually, even though he's no old Todd... I He's am quite liking him and I'm looking forward to him coming into scenes. And when, when he does his little plottery and, and <laughs> smirks and everything, I'm re- I am actually quite enjoying it and in spite of myself. And, I'm, I, and I don't think that I, 
Oh, I don't know. I, I still I still don't think that anything could live up to old Todd, but he is actually, I think, got his mannerisms down quite well. And the sort of things that I used to like the old Todd for, I'm liking in new Todd. But uh, are you... You 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 don't seem as convinced as me at the moment. I'm, I am. Which is odd because I I'm, I thought that I would be the one that would. I'm take not. I'm having to... trouble. <laughs> I'm just having trouble. I just can't see him as Todd. He's. Uh, it's a shame if 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 it was, you know, Todd's long lost twin brother that had come back that you know non identical twin, or if it was just Eileen's, never before mentioned nephew that appeared on the scene or, or something like that, you wouldn't have a problem with it whatsoever. Well, but yeah, the the fact that we're supposed to believe that he's Todd and he's always been Todd, it, it is difficult to swallow. But I'll get at the end it. of the day, I am enjoying him now and I'm really pleased that I'm enjoying him. Good. Summer. So, <laughs> as I said, I don't want to say too much. She was not an instant hit with me. I'll say that. <gasps> and... um she's definitely still looked like you know somebody who was a bit older than she was supposed to be and yeah, then they just forced just her into pigtails in. to make her look younger what do young people wear denim kimono dresses and pigtails it, it, i think and, and then they had there were lots of remarks so about many tongue-in-cheek comments about i'm too young to go to prison or something wasn't there yeah. one of them and yeah and oh I, I are you sure you're only 16 or I, who's this maxine i've not been around I think that was me that said that. I was. I can't. I, oh yeah, yeah. That's right. But um, uh, the thing to remember is that Matilda Freeman. They ladled it on. They spooned it on thickly. Looked very much younger than her actual age. Mm. And so you're you're not going from an actress playing a sixteen year old to an actress who's twenty something playing a sixteen year old. You're going from a girl who looked like she could plausibly have been. 12 yeah to a girl that looks like if you told me she was 25 i'd believe you yeah and, and i'm not saying i i i don't know what age i think she looks like anymore i've lost all mm. my ability to tell the ages of people has always been very bad i don't this just makes it worse doesn't it when sometimes because you know you guys know i'm into my murder mysteries and things and sometimes you hear you hear a description of somebody and they're like the man, they thought the man was aged somewhere between 20 to 35. And I go, huh, idiots. How would you not know how old someone is? <laughs> but then if you said to me, well, how old is that person? I'd be like, well, older than me? Mm-hmm. That's my yardstick. You're either older than me or you're younger than me. And I don't really... The thing is with this, I mean, eventually it's not... It, 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 it won't be long before it doesn't it's matter fine, because... Yeah. The character will be in her twenties, and and the oh, actress be will be late twenties, and it'll be fine. But like I think when when Lucy Fallon was cast in the role of Bethany, she seemed a a bit too old, and, yeah. and the, the age gap wasn't as pronounced as this. I have to say, but it, as as like the year went on, it felt like oh, it's it's not a problem anymore. So that that'll probably happen here. I, I'm more I I guess a bit more concerned about have they retained what made Summer so different and special. Well, especially considering the fact that they didn't actually want to recast Summer at all 
it was circumstances and Matilda Freeman leaving. It's not like they went, gosh... We need we to need, reinvent this. We, yeah, we need a new summer. bookish nerd. Yeah, we can't have a girl on the street. It's not sexy. What are we doing? It, it feels like that this new summer is... They've, they've made her look kind of young and innocent with the pigtails and everything. But, uh, you know, I at mean, any given I moment, even... she could just, like, take her hair down, shake oh, it, yeah. and be all kind of sexy and, and grown up and, and everything. And leaving all trace of past summer behind and and from her performance today i didn't get that this is a bookish hermione-ish quiet you know intelligent reserved girl, reserved girl. i didn't get that she felt no. like any person. other teenage girl to me yeah and and they've i really want them to keep what made summer special that yeah. she doesn't need to be a you know cookie like cutter the other ones. you know asher amy r kelly kind of and they're, they're, all of those three characters are different, but <laughs> Summer was diff, was so different and unique among Corrie teenagers, they'd be really foolish not to try and keep retain that element of her. Summer and, was so... But it's very, very, very early days, and because I've changed my mind so, so quickly about the new Todd, I, I've, I'm certainly willing to give this one a chance. We'll just have to wait and see. Summer was also so compellingly precocious at times. Mm. And that was part of what made her interesting, that she wasn't annoying with it as well. I can't imagine this summer, like, debating Granny Spellman about whether sexuality, homosexuality is a, is a deadly sin. Mm. No, I can I imagine her, like, rolling her eyes and going on Instagram and ignoring old Granny. And... Mm. Whereas she f- Summer felt very intensely principled as well. Yeah. There's nothing. I'm not getting any summer vibes from her yet. But again, the she, same was what, what they've three, done with Todd. Scenes. The same what they've done with Todd is where they haven't really introduced this character, this recast character, no. in a way that is harmonious with the previous version of the character. But they had to have her coming back, and there, there was the elephant in the room of how's she going to react to seeing Todd. She reacted the way that you probably expect somebody to react if they'd been abandoned a few years ago. And now they've, the, the, today's plot was about how are we going to get around this? And now it's all fine. In the same way to like Todd came back as a desperate criminal on the run and it was like, how, how's he going to get out of this? He just did. He's <laughs> fine now. Nobody worries that he, people have forgotten he was missing, basically. I wonder that how that... That he attacked that... a policeman, that, yeah. you know, that he left Billy in the lurch. Nobody cares about that anymore. It's, yeah, all, it's fine. all fine. And, and, and that's what they had to get out the way, the potential animosity and resentment between Summer and Todd. It's over now. Let's get back to Todd trying to screw up Billy and Paul's relationship. I I, I have to say, I also li- liked the relationship a lot more between Todd and Summer when it was like little cute Summer and Todd, like a kind of unlikely partnership of this like scallywag villain who had a soft spot for this super serious little girl. Yeah. And of course that dynamic would change at, at some naturally, point naturally as she, as she ages. ages. Yeah. And that's the trouble and relationships shift like that. But mm. it just feels like that whole thing, that whole dynamic is lost forever. Yeah. And it, it did feel weird that two brand new actors were acting <laughs> and re- referencing yeah acting like they knew each other referencing things that they'd done when they were different people and it's that it, it's it's like really it's bad it's enough weird. when there's one of them but with two of them saying there's someone else's so lines recasts yeah they, makes me wonder like when there's you know, a lot of the recasts it does make me wonder if 
the producers like you know everybody you're just one casting call away from not being a problem to me anymore so <laughs> just, nobody's bigger just, than the show just because you're just because you're playing ken now william doesn't mean that i can't recast you i could find somebody cheaper i could get um i could get patrick stewart to do it <laughs> he's been in the show before i don't think he'd be cheaper he wouldn't than be william cheaper Roche. i'll do it for a laugh <laughs> um Anything else than this? I was wondering, you know, this this Paul helpline thing. Paul helpline. Do you think he's got like a? It's a picture in the paper of Paul with his thumb up, going to Paul's helpline. <laughs> Any problem? No, no problem too big or small. I've had a problem. I've been in. I've been in a couple of issues based stories, so I I can answer it all. And to- yeah, Toya's like I trained for years <laughs> to be a counselor. And you think that you can just do it over the phone? Paul, what do we do about the fact that our fridge stopped working? <laughs> buy a new one next no that th- literally was the only reason that they gave him that side job so that he could be a bit sleepy in tonight's episode because i'm not seeing any other like, reason for him what, to have this bit Paul, on the side what do you do at this job do you just sit there awake when you should be asleep <laughs> because i don't think it does it's not like he comes home and says oh dear there was a really bad case today or oh i spoke to somebody today really changed my perspective on so-and-so or um, I'm struggling because I had a call that was really close to my heart today or, you know, oh, we took five calls. I think if I, I was... I think my co-worker might be Ted Bundy. <laughs> I think if I was Todd and I really wanted to, um, you know, like the touch paper here. What, phone up? Yeah, I'd phone up pretending to be hello? someone else and say, <laughs> oh, hello, I've got a slightly older boyfriend and he he's always making all the decisions in the yeah! house. And, yeah. and, 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 and I think that he's... You know, Hello, he doesn't treat me as an equal. Like what should my... I do? And Paul goes, oh, well, I think it sounds to me like you should leave him. And then he goes, oh, maybe I should also leave my boyfriend. My boyfriend's the Dalai Lama and he's getting a promotion and he won't let us move into the monastery. <laughs> and I was wearing his robes and making fun of him and he caught me and I'm worried that he, he keeps telling me what to do. I'm just having fun. Definitely, definitely dump him. Oh, wait. Um... Is is Todd is Todd going after Billy or Paul I don't or is know he just trying to split to. them up? For he's trying laughs. to split them up. He's trying to definitely trying to split them up, but f- for what purpose? I do not know. I can't. I cannot see Paul really being interested in Todd. T- uh, sorry, I can't see Todd really, really being interested in Paul no, in any time, way. But I can see him wanting to re, you know, revisit the relationship with Billy. But equally, I could just see him wanting to screw with them and try and split them up. Yeah, just to... Why should they be happy? Mm. But, you know, as as tonight's episode showed, they will magnetise back together again anyway, so... Also, maybe he was like, I would get myself in that sweet Archdeacon's house. Yeah, maybe. And now he's like, there's no point. (laughs) That was his long game and it's it's gone. (sighs) You just imagine the reaction of all the other Arch... I think there's like three Archdeacons in... Manchester. Have you been looking into this? I think there are. I, I didn't read the page. I just saw three photos of three different people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and suddenly this new guy comes along, right? And you're there in your big mansion, and then the new guy comes along and says, oh, "I don't want to see. Oh, I don't want to live in a big mansion because I've got morals. I've got morals, mm. and I think that we should help the poor." And the other two will probably have a meeting, going, "This guy's making us look bad by reading the Bible and following what Jesus said. <laughs> this is a disaster. <laughs> He's going to show us up at Christmas." Sack him. 
I still, I still not not sure whether um, Billy's going to keep this position. It just feels no. weird. It's just like it's turning him slightly communist. Yeah. But mind you, Jesus was a bit of a commie. Wasn't Finally, he? I wanted to, I wanted to ask about. what well, I was thinking Jesus about is a Sarah, Sarah, going back and forth with this sacking and rehiring of Paul. Sarah was so weird. It made me feel like she is. She she's is a, a naff boss. She's, a she's gonna. Rug. If you're gonna sack somebody, sack him. Sack him. Stick to your principles. Don't let somebody talk you back into it. We'll if Mike say, Baldwin yeah. had sacked. Ida Clough one day for falling asleep on the job. Yeah. And then um, Vera or Ivy had come along and tried to say, oh, yeah, but, you know, she had... She was, she was tired. Yeah, she was tired because she was... Because knitting she was, socks. She, 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 for knitting socks hall. with the homeless. Mike Baldwin wouldn't have said, oh, oh I feel so guilty. Oh, what shall I do? <laughs> no. He just said, tough. Yeah. I sacked her. She stays sacked. Yeah, and, I pay her to come to work, not to knit socks. And it's very nice of Sarah and everything. She's such a pushover. She's a massive, massive well, she, pushover. She had no right to fire him in the first place, although he did, he did resign. And she was being an uncharacteristic cowbag to him in that scene as well. Yeah. She was like... I think that she feels... Spoke to me like that. It wouldn't surprise me if Sarah feels... Um, so what inadequate because she's inadequ- actually crap at her job yeah especially do. next to Carla so she thinks oh I'm going to show just how great a boss I am what do bosses do they sack people, people don't they I'm going to assert my authority and that will show that I I'm the alpha I'm in this factory but actually yeah she she doesn't really know what she's doing she's a flake. I, 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 I say her in the factory still it still seems weird now. doesn't it yeah she doesn't, I know doesn't what? suit her it just feels like she's she works there because there was nothing else for her to do and she lives next door there's to there's nobody like that at the factory apart from sarah like what who doesn't seem like they <laughs> no. should be there the whole place is staffed by people who have no business working in a knicker factory yeah well you know toya's taken two days off for they're the like moment. listen Close down the factory, lockdown. Paul, I let's, was gonna... let's use it as an opportunity for a deep clean. Toya can't come in for two days. The let's whole business, it, no point. What does she do again? Paul, I was going to fire you, but we're we're not just one man down. We're a whole department down. Toya's <laughs> gone. There's nobody that knows what she did around here. So we're we're having to get all all hands on deck just in case it turns out that she does something really crucial. I think, like press the button that makes us get paid or I something. I think she advises on floral patterns for bras. She's an expert in that. Have you tried dark colours with bright flowers on them? <laughs> or a very nice idea that I quite like is when you have white with pastel. Mm. Two options I've right, just given you off the top of my head. Let's head towards the 60th story with our raise, race to raise the place, which is creeping slowly forward. Although, you, as you pointed out when we were, was it when we were in the car earlier today, Ray yeah. doesn't realise this, but he's only got about three weeks for these <laughs> plans to come together. And it feels like he's still quite a way away from he's just casually getting all buying... the houses that he wants. It's like... He needs to throw a few more sixes on this Monopoly board and get round there. It... Come the anniversary week, which is, you told me, and I forgot. Yeah, it's like three weeks ago. The ninth. Ninth. Come the, come the ninth, I expect... Oh, everybody, we have got the synopsis for the 60th anniversary week. It was sent from the Corey Press Department. Oh, like, I have not read it. it. I've not read it, but it's sitting there in my inbox. What happens on the week of the 60th anniversary? And it's like, oh, it's so tempting. But I'm going to be strong with this. I want to be spoiler free. 
Sorry, carry on. Come the 60th anniversary week, if Ray is not riding down the middle of Coronation Street on a cherry picker with a hard hat and, like, a big clipboard and, like, just smashing people's windows in, going, it's my house, I'm going to demolish it, I'm going to be disappointed. (laughs) Yeah. There's got to be an explosion. What I want want him to do is to, like, just put put, um, explosives everywhere and start blowing things up. Yeah. And then people get caught. In the in the explosion, and it's like no stunts, though, Gemma. No Hollywood stunts for the sixtieth. Just mini things. What can we and, do instead? And maybe something with the sinkhole. Maybe that's going to make another reappearance. Come on, what's the imagine that? if the whole thing was just like Ray going, "I'm going to demolish you and all this stinking little street," and then he steps back and falls down the hole, and everyone just says, "Yep, well, that's that's yep. tick off that villain." Yep, whoop whoop. That's it then. Right, come on. What's Ray been up to this week, Gemma? What's what's he been doing? And and old Craigie, opposite Dibble. On Monday, Craig has spent the night with with Faye. (laughs) Ray, (laughs) that has a twist. (laughs) So he's probably like, have they got door? Have they got like their bedroom doors for the you know on the really tough nights of the bistro? They have to stay over there, and there's one door that says Ray, and one door that says. And Craig's like, <laughs> and Craig, oh, which and so, one is it again? And somebody was leaning against one of the wall, the wall. He's like, oh, yeah, yep, must be that must one. Must be that one. It says Ray, but the other one can't be Faye. Yeah, or maybe it's just Tim gonna, you know, tuck his daughter into bed at night, and he goes in the wrong one. He can't read the name on the door. He's like, he I, I'm not, and... I haven't had as much practice as everybody <laughs> with names. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> Craig has spent the night with Faye. He talks to Ray about a police security initiative that he'll come back and tell him about when he's on duty. Because mm. God knows you don't want to work if you're not being paid. <laughs> he comes back later in his nice uniform. He's waiting for for Ray in his office and he starts to snoop. And he picks up the most unlikely of, of pictures that you would ever see, which is a picture of Coronation Street and one half of it is like a skyscraper hotel with like weird like cabana buildings and and little trees everywhere. Yeah, it's it's like it's all the masonettes are demolished, but the the this huge tower block that they were threatening building isn't straight there. Is it? It's a bit further back. There's it's like a plaza. Very, yeah, plaza is plaza is right. So the the actual tower block itself is over maybe close to where the brewery is. I, I want think it to know quite nice. what kind of a person books a luxury hotel in Weatherfield, which is supposed to be like Salford. It's up and coming. It's the, the, the hot new place. Why would you go there? <laughs> I don't know. You, 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 I'm, okay. I'm, just, I'm just loading up a picture of this. You, you carry I don't on rag. I don't want to rag on Salford, but I will say, like, whenever we go there or tell anybody, people always look like we're mental. Maybe they want to be in the next culture capital of the UK. Why not? And then they should be. And yeah, you carry on, carry on. Right. I'm still trying to find this photo, but the, the computer's being a bit. If slow. they had a luxury hotel in Salford now, we would go there, but they don't because nobody else but us <laughs> would go. So, um, right, he sees this development plan and he looks at it, and then he carries on a security tour of the of the bistro, and he pretends that he hasn't seen it, but Ray knows that he's seen it, so he tries to bribe him by saying, "You can have some wine." Is this when he says you can have a meal as well? Or was that another so, one? Yeah, yeah, okay. something like that. So he he's, he says, no, I can't. And Ray says, oh, it's for um for being brave for when the... When, when we had on. this armed robbery the other day. No, no, I'm saying this all wrong. 
I he tries to bribe him with one wine. The then later, Craig Beth finds out that Craig has been bribed, and he says it's because I was so brave during the the hold up, not saying it's a bribe because I saw some plans. Mm. Um, Beth thinks he's nuts for saying that he's not going to accept this. Because I think there are rules about what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And I don't even think he's, he's allowed to, because you have to declare things Yeah, no, he said that. He said that. So he's like, well, I, I can't accept it. And so Beth's like, well, I'll have it then. <laughs> Craig then goes to see Gary and says, have you heard of, like, any giant hotels that are going to be built around here or anything <laughs> like that? And, and, and um, Gary's like, why are you asking me? And have you? He, and he's, no, no. No, I don't know. Neither I haven't heard about anything. that. Um, at the bistro later, Faye and Ray are like so close, their names rhyme. And he, she's talking about his projects as our hotels because she's been, um, he's he's made, uh, making her feel yeah, like been... she's important and part of his company. Yeah. He hears, Ray hears from Gary about Craig's little visit. So he calls Craig to his office and says, keep your bloody nose out. I know your chief inspector, I'll get you fired. Mm. On Wednesday, Craig comes around to S- Sally and's like, are you going to move? What would you think if your house turned into a hotel? Just out of interest. I've heard of... Um, my friend told me that they're developing around here. Can you... Do, do you know anyone on the council that can Plenty look into it? Plenty with your council mates. Oh, well, I used to be the mayor, you know. I can Sally ask. loves the good old Snoop, so she takes that challenge with relish. Um, fake, this was creepy and gross. This Just to remind everybody who, like me, was going, I really like Ray, he's a great villain. He's also a sex pest and possible rapist. And we get reminded of that when Faye comes in, dressed up to go for interviews. Or she's she's not even going to interview. She's done her CVs up and she's going to go handing it out. And so she's doled herself up and Ray was like, Woo, hubba hubba, who's this? Oh, is it you, Faye? Gosh, I could... it's so creepy when a man sexualises you like that when you're a young girl and acts like oh you've all grown up all of a sudden you're like a woman when before you were a girl i mean she is she is 18 now isn't she it's still gross See, yeah i mean he's doing it to try and better her up isn't he well he's probably whether he fancies her or not he just wants her to feel like she's she's good and she's important look at you um he says you know what i i don't think you should um you don't want to go handing out your CVs to anybody. Come and have a chat with me later. And we'll, yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll see all about, about these it. career prospects of yours. And he's and he tells Debbie that he's doing it to keep Craig on side. So he reads her CV and rips it up and says, you don't need this. You can be my trainee manager across my entire hotel group. Of course you can. Of course so, you don't. So thoroughly qualified. Do you have a clipboard don't worry if you don't, we'll provide one. If I was somebody, one of the other, many other workers working in Ray's many other businesses at the moment, I'd be a little bit annoyed, more than a bit annoyed, that this new girl, Faye, who's been working for him for, you know, a year or so, has <laughs> now been promoted to general manager overall. Trainee manager. Trainee manager Assistant over, to above the all. general manager. <laughs> um, Craig's suspicious about this. And Tim is chuffed. He thinks Ray's great. And Sal tells Craig that her councilmates were like, oh, I don't know, why are you asking about that for? And he says, keep digging. He goes to see Ray late and says, "What are you? why are you offering Faye this job? And Ray says, I'll get, get you, you keep your mouth shut. I'll, I'll, I'll um, take Faye's job away. Exactly the same threat as before, doesn't he? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Faye's job away. She's got her heart set on this. And I can take it away just as easy as I give it. And also, don't forget, I know you're Chief Inspector. 
Hmm. And so yeah, that and we didn't get any of it on Friday, did we? And so Craig, this, this was okay. Craig said, "Gulp." I'm I'm still not fully convinced about Craig being the I the know. shining What's knight in this storyline. He doesn't come across as. I mean, he's he's relatable. <laughs> he's he's a really realistic kind Craig of character. Saves the he's day. nice. Um, it's a, it's another it's another one of these correlate editions to a story where somebody comes in at the very tail end of a story, and just. I don't. I don't think that's that I particularly a, got a problem well, with it. I do. The pacing of this story has is off, and that's partly due to to the the pandemic yeah. stuff. It's just having having Craig, <laughs> Craig as the what? hero. I, I, I don't like know. Craig. It doesn't. It doesn't feel. I, I, like, I like him. My problem but is he doesn't feel like a hero. He doesn't feel heroic enough. How he just bumbles you? into things. <gasps> that's rude. I mean, the fact that Ray was making fun of him and calling him Officer Dibble and everything, this is the sort of thing when I think, as a viewer, am I supposed to be laughing along with Ray or am I supposed to be offended? (laughs) And I think we're supposed to be laughing along with him. And when you're Uh kind of laughing along with the villain at the hero, then it means that the hero's (laughs) not quite right, not quite up for the job, you know? Oh, I think Ray, I think he can prove himself. I quite like our Craigie. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he has to be honourable and protect Faye from some life or death situation come the 60th it's anniversary gonna be, It's going to be Ray's wandering hands. Yeah, maybe. As soon as he went, ooh, look at you, aren't you sexy? I was like, ugh. Hey, Faye, you're looking really hot tonight. <laughs> I knew, I remembered he was a sex pest, but um, it was towards, who was it towards? Alia and Michelle. Michelle, yeah. And I don't like them, so mm. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just, yeah, the, it it makes sense that it's Craig because of all the, because of of Faye being involved because he's a police officer. I mean, is he, is he legally obliged, as to part what? of his job, to not tell people about the development? About? What are you talking about? Because he saw it when he was snooping. <laughs> Policemen aren't allowed to snoop. Unless they're invited, they're like vampires. I I don't think that's how you it know, works. Ray's it's not, not doing anything law, illegal. He's not doing anything illegal. There's no there's no like if you tell a policeman something, they're not allowed to dob on you or tell anybody else what you said. It's not like it's not like talking to a therapist. Mm. No, I I know. I, I just anyway. With all that, there's there's plenty of reasons why Craig seems like the obvious choice, but I I don't know. I I, I think... quite like the fact that he he's he's got his dilemma going on here because he fancies. I mean, are they an item now? Faye yes, they are because they Craig. spent the night together, didn't they? Didn't he leave? He are, she left her phone under his pillow or something, or he left her phone under his uh, pillow. <laughs> I don't know. They 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 heavily implied that they'd yeah that there'd been pillow talk involved over the weekend. Oh dear, how how disappointing mm. so do you think craig so wait till they get married do you think craig is going <laughs> to keep quiet with this or is he gonna you know get the get he's the balls going and, uh... to try his best to go under the radar and find out as much as he can you think we're gonna see I'm undercover sure craig he's going to he can fit into the bistro ninja outfit now if he wants to do some more late night snooping <laughs> maybe this was the plan all along get craig but, to I mean, slim where, down I mean, into the black body tight skin suit and then do some infiltration <laughs> but the thing is yes again i'm i'm butting up against the thing the the fact that building a hotel 
is not in itself a villainous act. I know. And, I'm and looking at these pictures and I'm thinking, oh, that looks quite cool, actually. I mean, it looks nice. It, and <laughs> and I mean, like we've said before on the podcast, the other side of the street has never been static quite as long as it has been in its current state. There is literally... Maybe it needs a change. No way they can fit this onto the lot, so we know that they're not going to, and they don't have the budget to build a skyscraper. I mean, could they fit this plaza? Because we've got, we've got the picture open in front of us now. Could this little plaza bit fit where all the, the factory and the maisonettes are at the moment? Yes, it could. It looks quite nice. There's some nice paths. Look at the trees there. There's grassy There's patches for people to, to play on. So many Gardens. benches there. They you wouldn't have much... to actually show the hotel because it's further back. It's just, just implied that just it's there. And they, and they just have to cast that, you know, that the early morning shadow that we saw, yeah. you know, the darkness, because it would be we, blocking out the light. We could turn Coronation Street into Forty Towers. Yeah. Set it in the hotel. I mean, you wouldn't be able to build this because it cuts the light off, like you just said. W- would it get planning permission? No, I don't think it would. So when, you can draw whatever you like on a bit of paper. I, the fact that um, Sally wasn't able to find anything with her councillor friends, does that mean that Ray's trying to do it sneakily or is it that he's, he's got the council in, the, in his pocket? Yeah. But my point is, though, Michael, um, that the only reason this is a bad thing is because we are supposed to think that Coronation Street is a place where there's a community of people and we don't want them to be split up. Yeah. Right? And and so so because of that, raise the villain. Think of all the jobs that this would create. I mean, it's not just the hotel, you know, receptionist, is there? There's all the all the the bag carriers at hotels, there's the the people working on the plaza. I think this could be this could be booming. Well like I said, there's gonna be a prep. There's gonna be a yeah. a, a so I'm, I'm going to all be a, for Team Ray on this. A Pizza Express. I'm disappointed when they put a stop to his... There might be a Zizzy. ...plans. Um, the other thing is that I said this before, they have to establish that the characters don't want this to happen and give them a reason to really care about being turfed out. And at the moment, it feels like at the end of the story, it will be like, we never knew... We had all along the greatest gift of all, which is friendship. <laughs> like some masonettes. I don't want them to say it after. I want them to say it before so that they have something to fight for. Because mm. at the moment, like if somebody was to come to us and go, would you like the cost, the price of your house to move somewhere else? We would go, all right, okay. <laughs> we wouldn't go, no, but what about our neighbours? Yeah. What would you say if you heard that you know, the the houses on the other side of the of the close were gonna be demolished and a giant hotel <laughs> incomplete with Zizzy and Pret and everything go, was going to be built there. That sounds great. I uh, I might be able to live with it, but I think it would be fine. <laughs> it's not like they don't live around a bunch of commercial properties anyway. Like What's over there? There's a factory. Like, yeah. Well, they're supposed to go, no, you spoiled my view of the garage and the factory. <laughs> yeah, this does look more pleasant. And we're not supposed to be thinking any of this, We're not supposed we? to be thinking, this is why This is why it's a bit of a problem that this is their 60th anniversary story. It's like, everyone, watch out. A I man could... is going to redevelop one side of the street and make it look nicer and be a bit more convenient for people. Yeah. There's going to be some gentrification. Ugh. Um, he's going to give everybody the asking price for their houses and solve some of the issues that they've developed, like wanting to move to Cheshire or having a sinkhole in their garden. <laughs> the fiend. 
He's going to knock down a factory where all the people who live here work and build a hotel and they can't possibly retrain because they're also specialised working in that factory. <laughs> We've got um, a woman here whose literally only job is to, to say the colours of patterns and, and what kind of floral design is going to be on the bras next. Uh, Think about uh, Nina and her I'm burgeoning sure. design career squashed right at the very beginning of it. Uh, she could have been the next Alexander McQueen. I get, I got how when it was the Save the Cobbles for the 40th, that made sense more because the cobbles are like an iconic part of, the, of Corrie's history. But oh well, I, I'm sure I, I do have, I honestly do have faith in Coronation Street that by the time they get to the 60th anniversary, we, we will be feeling more, um, you know, anti-Ray. And the thing is, they need all the characters need to get together to, to fight him. And and it, yeah, it community needs to be. Spirit yes, exactly. If they can establish that. That's that would that's what we need, but I'm just saying. Most of what we've had, they've so... known this was going to happen all year, mm. and I don't like three weeks to go, and you've Ray's not even pulled his finger out. He can't build this unless he's got most of the other properties which he doesn't have. Mm. What well, I still don't know what he's doing with um, older uh, Jeff's Cap- house. And yeah, well, he can't buy Jeff's at least house he started him. on that. I'm still wondering about the cabin and Rita's and Brian's house, and um, yeah, and then there's still the 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 issue with the factory is possible. It, like, it, and you can't just build something without asking the people that like you. You have to. There has to be consultation. Is all this stuff that would happen have to happen? You can't just come and go. Ha ha! I'm an evil, like Victorian tycoon, and I'm going to build a mine right in your garden and send your children down it. Mm. Anyway, um, oh no, he's creating like I said, jobs. I, have, I do no, have, I do no. have faith that this is that the sixtieth anniversary is going to be good. I'm looking forward to it, but they do need to get their skates on just a tad. <laughs> but you know, we, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. It's just like it just feels like it's not the most villainous scheme to ever hit. The it cobbles. looks really nice. If they had like said, yeah, like I told you before, like we're gonna build a big, we're gonna build an abattoir. And it's only going to kill really cute animals, <laughs> like ducklings. It's a duckling abattoir and a puppy mill. I wonder if, like, Coronation Street decided when they moved to Media City, they said, well, what we're going to do, we're going to move there. But instead of having the maze nets, we're going to work in a story where, where a, nice young, a nice new property developer, <laughs> and a, a owner of a hotel chain, sets up this whole new plaza and it's going to be great and it's going to provide opportunities for all. And they'd sold, try to sell this to us with the Coronation Street viewers <laughs> have rebelled against that and said, no, I'll save the cobbles. No, rubbish. Going, oh, that sounds quite good, actually. They should just say, oh, um, the picture should have just been Media City. Yeah. And then they could have just made it and just filmed it in Media City every yeah. now and then. Right. He's um, going to put in the booths. No. Tully sales and marketing to finish this off. There was just a bit on Monday, although it did get mentioned, I think, on Wednesday as well, but I haven't written anything. Um, Sean's new products have been delivered on Monday. Um, and so they all have a, a party, basically, in, the, in speed dial, speed dial to, to try it all out. Um, Michael's still going door to door with his lip gloss, not having very much luck selling to Gemma. Um, but didn't Sean sell to Gemma in the end? Um, yeah, I think he did. Yeah, because they they've got this they've got this makeup party. Which I can't remember whose idea it was. Um, 
Maybe it's just Sean. He says... Covid makeup party. He's, uh, he, he's desperate to make Dylan proud of his, um, his obvious success that he's going to be having with this new venture. So they have a makeup party. Tyrone goes along because he likes the idea of free booze. Gemma's arm's twisted. She's able to get away from the quad. So brilliant. Um, and it's, it's pretty much as banging as last week's underworld team building exercise um, activity was last week. You know, about the same number of people. What was there, like five people there, six people maybe? And um, the, the, the highlight of it all was Tyrone being made to put on some silly makeup and look like, uh, well, just look like he was face painted basically with massive eyebrows and bronzed skin and you look rather silly but I thought it was quite funny and I know some people thought it was silly and I saw people on on social media saying that but I enjoyed Tyrone being dressed up and and that was about it really uh, does Sean manage to convince Tyrone Gemma to sell with Tyrone buys some for Fizz and the girls yeah. and Sean says sell with me Gemma why don't you I, I mean she, she should in the end? I, think she I don't did, know but, but sure. she she wanted to make banks. She should have stayed in that mummy group with all the yummy mummies. Yeah, did you did you enjoy this? Was it was it okay? What did you think of the party? Was it silly? Was Tyrone silly or was it? Yeah, was Tyrone, Tyrone was silly. I thought she was funny. I enjoyed that. The wisdom of getting into selling. I mean, they said it was a multi level marketing. They company. did. They did. They said MLL. MLM. That's what this is. Anytime you're buying the product yourself and selling it, you're, you're putting your yourself at risk. And anytime the job involves you recruiting other people and taking a percentage of their earnings, you're, you know, nobody makes real money out of this. Mm. It's not a real, it's just, a, it's kind of, it's like a pipe dream. Yeah. And the I question the the sanity of deciding that right during a pandemic and an upcoming recession and Brexit, getting into selling things that people do not need. <laughs> Nobody needs well, makeup. I maybe mean, this I guess, is where Ske- Sean's scheme is going to come a cropper. The thing is, actually, I'm, I am wrong there because when... We are when we have recessions. Actually, I do think lips. The sale of lipstick, you can like see when recessions occur by how much people women buy make buy lipstick because it's a small item that you can buy that immediately cheers you up. But it doesn't cost a lot of money. I mean, you can buy a designer lipstick for like twenty thirty pounds. <laughs> you can't buy a designer dress for that much. No. But you can buy like a you know a piece of luxury, very small to to wear every day to cheer you up. I I guess there's logic to it, but. I'm, I am interested in the idea of being pe- vulnerable people being preyed upon during during a very scary financial time for many people and I'm in I'm again it's really weird they've picked these characters to do it because Sean already has a job and and the idea that he's doing this to impress his son it feels very weak a weak angle if you wanted to put an MLM in like to work to warn people of the dangers of them or to explore what happens when somebody does something like this that like you you would take a character that didn't have a job yeah you would um yeah, be a bit more risk you would also have an upline for them who is really pushy like so the person who's above them on the on the triangle um who recruited them in the first place is the person that is 
funneling some of their earnings off. So they would want, like, like Sean is to Gemma, encouraging them to buy things to sell them on. I'm surprised there isn't some really 2D stereotype businesswoman with shoulder pads <laughs> and like a Starbucks and yoga habit. Going, Sean, Sean, you need to buy... No such thing as Starbucks in Coronation Street. Or Costa. You need, to, you need to buy the new holiday range and sell three units per day. Sell it to your friends, sell it to your mum. I don't care as long as you shift it. <laughs> Didn't you say that Dylan's mum was rich? Get her to sell some to her rich friends. Yeah, maybe that's Sean's plan. He's just going to convince Violet to part with all of her hard-earned cash. If you go on to... Reddit, there's a there's a subreddit about MLMs about um some of the weird things that people do and like how like using social media to sell things in a really inappropriate way like off to Granny's funeral. Luckily for me, I've got this the healing power of this oil that is homeopathic and one part tulip blood, and it gives me the strength to get through the day. R I P Grandma hashtag affiliate link below yeah i'm tired i'm sorry i need i think i need to finish street talk now because i'm literally dropping off to sleep sorry it's not it's not to do with your conversation i'm sure it's just it's 10 past 12 and we still got other bits of the podcast so i think we need to give our scores make a cup of tea and get on with it then for god's sake you don't need to narrate everything we're doing do you know who you're going to have as character of the week or what your score's going to be no I'm still trying to work it out. There's absolutely nobody who stands out straight away as being character of the week. Because it ain't Peter for um, because he gave in to his temptation. It's certainly certainly not Carla. Everyone kind of is though. Everyone was a bit nasty to somebody else at Mm. some point during the week. Um, Who was nice to anybody? Was anybody nice? I think. Oh, you also missed out the bit that. um, didn't Mary and... Oh, Mary and George have definitely officially split up now. Yeah, I'll put that note Because in. he doesn't believe in UFOs, which I, I'm going to say, I'm going to go grams. on record and say, he's wrong, UFOs exist. Ask the Navy. I'm going huh? to give... Huh? I'm going to give my character the week to Todd this week. I thought you might. I, I, I found him enjoyable to watch. I'm very intrigued as to what his end game is and how the different ways are that he's going to get there. I'm enjoying his smirking. I'm enjoying his <laughs> kind of looking down superiority on people. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to give it to Todd, genuinely. I, I thought he was pretty great. Um, but the week, though, yeah, not so good. I'm going to give this week's Coronation Street two billion women on the planet out of five. Two billion? Yes. <laughs> Your math is as good as Carter. <laughs> I two. Yeah. I can't believe it. Two, two this week, absolutely. I thought it was two. a pretty standard week. No, this this is less than standard for me. Oh. Too much, too much fagging and shagging. Oh. You you give it a high go for it. I think it's more like a three for me. Okay. Three stressed livers. <laughs> sounds like um. Sounds, sounds like, like a partridge in a pear tree. No, I thought it sounded like something from um Hannibal Lecter's recipe book. Hmm. What, who's your character of the oh, week? Oh, I thought you were going to not realise that I had... Rebecca wants to know she's got a spreadsheet. She needs to write this down. I was going to try and style it out and not say. I don't know. I don't have anybody in my mind. You've got to come up with somebody, okay? Oh, it's for God's sake, we've got to sit here until I think of somebody, don't we? Yeah. I think I'm going to say Ray because I like Good a pick. villain. Good pick. I don't like him 
I don't, obviously can't get on board with the whole sexual harassment at work thing, but I can certainly get on board with let's redevelop this factory. He's he's entertaining to watch, isn't he? And make a um an ibis and a TGI Fridays. He certainly improved um over the course of the year, and he did have a, a massive break, but. Considering at the start of the year we thought that he'd be out of the show within, you know, within months, and now he's, you know, the main villain for the sixtieth. I think he's doing well for himself, and 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 like I said, when Craig's being a bit duncey, for lack of a better word, I can't help but grin when Ray, you know, beats him in a battle of wits. I really very, very like easily. Ray. I hope that he. I wonder if he'll stay beyond the sixtieth. I just can't nah. see this wrap, this story wrapping up, and him saying, "Fine, if I can't have my hotel, I'm leaving forever." Yeah, I mean, he's, he has got lots of other hotels, hasn't he? So well, he, he probably he probably should say, one. "Like, I don't know why I've been here for so long." To be frank with you, he always seems to be there, doesn't he? Yeah. If he's got this chain of hotels, well, why is he always got, sitting in the office at the bistro? Because his most senior member of staff is Faye, and she's <laughs> incompetent. Um. Okay, yeah. Done. I, we're, we're done, we're done. Lovely. Is it news? No, it is, yeah, yes, news. Yes, it's time to do some news. After a cup of tea. Hello and welcome to the cabin. This is the news section. So much news to get through. We've got loads of really news quick. to get through. First... That's all right, I've got my cup of tea now. I feel like I haven't swigged any yet, but I'm, I'm feeling reinvigorated just at the thought of standing up and, and pouring hot water over a bag. The Six... first... Oh, you go on, you go, you go. go on, what are you I, say? No, I said I was just gonna say that it feels like the 60th anniversary promo has properly, properly been kicking off this week, hasn't it's all it? Because we've, out. we've got a few things that in the news this week that are particularly related to that, and one of them, in fact, broke literally just as we finished recording last week, which was this um, new uh, now, then, and forever trailer that they put together for Corey's 60th anniversary, featuring Tony Warren on a train, an actor playing him. Yes, it's not actually him. He's it's dead Harry now. Chalmers Morris, who is the recipient of the Tony Warren bursary, playing Tony Warren as a young, wide-eyed, um, right wannabe writer, trying to think of an idea. Well, he's he's struck by inspiration on a on a train to Kings Cross, Kings Cross to Manchester in nineteen fifty nine. This story was, um, yeah, this is this is down by. Yeah, by the woman who is opposite him on the train. So Olive Shapley, who was the BBC producer at the time. And um, the the story goes that they were on a train together in 1959 and he, in the middle of the night, wakes her up to tell her of this amazing idea of ordinary people on an ordinary street, let's make that a TV show. And she tells him, go back to sleep, that sounds really boring. And she recounted this on a This Is Your Life special dedicated to Tony much later on. So they've they've done a nice little dramatisation of this you know the 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 genesis of Coronation Street, as it were. And he he has like visions. First of all, he hears people talking, and they mention specific characters who end up being in it, like Ivan and Linda. Yeah, um, there's like there's um the women, the the trolley women going down the carriage, and the conductor and stuff. Yeah, and then and then it sparks like visions of what will happen in Coronation Street, and like black and white. And then all the way through to colour scenes of like various exciting things happening. Yeah, there's like. And then he says, Olive, I've had the best idea ever. But he he's such a p- bad pitch. He's like, Yeah, I can see this street on Salford with ordinary people living in it. And she's like, I was asleep. Why did you wake me up to tell me that? It's rubbish. <laughs> like, if you pitch, if you pitched it like that, anyone would say that's a stupid idea. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure he said it in a different way and it worked. 
in the in the um it worked in the uh in the trailer because you saw what he saw Mm. but if you were asleep and somebody went guess what i've just had an idea to do you would go shut up you lunatic it's two o'clock in the morning i'm trying to sleep so this, this if you ad- ever wondered why Coronation Street was not was on ITV Granada and not the BBC it's all Olive's fault basically it is because he woke her up if he'd waited nicely until they got to Manchester she might have been a bit more receptive yeah then EastEnders would have been on ITV and it would have been a whole different oh how strange it would have been so I, I, I do like the idea behind this advert I love the fact that they've done one mm-hmm. um, it's been a while since we've had a proper you know it's not, I'm not even going to say high budget. I don't know what the budget for this was, but, you know, a proper fancy-smancy Coronation Street trailer. I like... Um, and, and, and I like any opportunity for Coronation Street to celebrate its roots and yeah. go back to, you know, the, the early days of it. Because, it you know, if you're the longest-running soap opera, you could got... Go on about it all the time. Absolutely, blow that trumpet. Um, I, I just... I, the, the advert didn't work particularly for me. And the I was, was really off. excited to watch it, and I love the concept of it. It it felt, it, it just fell short of the mark, and it's really sad that I'm saying that. And I've seen lo- loads of so many positive comments. I don't think I've seen very many people slating it at all. Actually, and I'm problem, not slating it, but I've got a couple of problems with it. With What's it yours? Was the the fact that they didn't they 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 had that right. At the very wrong moment, the, the music in the background, I was like swelling up really to something. And that, it didn't need. We didn't need that trumpet yeah, in there. The at Coronation all. Street theme tune didn't need to be in there. The the flow of it, and then yeah. they have Julie Hesmanhouse saying Coronation Street. Yeah, that should then stay. Now and forever. I like her, her being on it, but Coronation Street. You might have heard of it. It that the the ending of the advert was just like oh, and we when we watched it, we both looked at each other at the same yeah. moment. We got oh, that wasn't needed, and and even having him imagining this is what Coronation Street's going to be, I felt there was... The, the balance wasn't right between old clips and new clips because they had a bit... I think they had, like, an Elsie Tanner. Yeah. They had a, maybe maybe two sets of black and white clips and then they kind of... They fast-forward almost to the Richard Hillman going into the canal scene and then they film... They have a lot of clips of now Coronation Street. Like, I know, but I think um, they have Eve, Evelyn that. and Emma and, and, and everything. And it, it felt like, well... Tony Warren didn't invent Emma Brooker or, or Evelyn Plummer, you know? I know, it did feel a bit like he was like, yeah, and then and then Steve will have a daughter that he didn't know existed and she and her mum will live in Australia and her dad will die. Yeah, and, and because of all these little things, and I, I know we're not supposed to think that he created all of these modern people, but I was watching it with my critic's brain on going, oh, no, it didn't. it, it wasn't quite like that. So it was a nice I, idea. I really, really love the idea and the and the, the editing. I mean, so the the look of it, the feel of it, the the step back in time angle of it was wonderful. I love all that stuff. But those two bits of it, the 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 music interrupting at the end and the things that he has his visions about, just <laughs> took so me out of it a little bit. And and honestly, mindless moaners. I I do not believe that Coronation Street will ever make a trailer that will top the then, now and forever one that came out, I don't even remember what it was, three, four years ago. The one where they, the, we, we watched it again this evening, didn't we? They recreated the filming of some classic key Coronation yeah, Street they scenes. Had it's like behind the camera. obscured, cam- but their faces were obscured, but you could see through the camera, the original scene was, was like, it's like they were filming the original scene. So they had like Dan and Hilda on the honeymoon. They had... Vera throwing stuff out of the 
Yeah, they had, to, they had some classic scenes and they had some weird scenes like um, Steve hitting Lloyd over the head with a crash helmet on his head or something they, yeah. they, and some, some funny choices. But that, the, the, the editing of that, everything mixing together, the eras flowing seamlessly into each other, the, the, the old clips re, re-acted. That was a really the genius idea. They should have just played that trailer. again. It, it almost feels like, yeah, they should just run that or trailer again. Have... I don't know how Corey can ever beat that trailer. Yeah. It was so, so good to, to get I, the nostalgic juices flowing. I imagine their budget was a bit bigger and I imagine it is easier to... I mean, that the way they filmed... I don't know when they filmed this, but they could have filmed it during COVID. Oh, probably. And it, it would look very COVID safe, didn't it? I mean, yeah. if there was two two people in there. I, I can't remember, actually, the people in the the carriage, you know, the ones that are talking at the beginning. I need no, to rewatch that to see. Are they at a two-metre distance? Or, yeah, they, they're in a bubble, but... Um, yeah, great, great concept. Let's Fell move a on. little bit flat. Let's move on. Um, and so, because uh, th- this is something else that could possibly, for some people, have a bit of criticism. Let's see what we thought. The 60th anniversary photograph that was revealed we can't on just Tuesday. about everything. We can't be totally critics about it. You really like this. I think you like it you more than I do. You said to me, oh, wait till you see this. So every and you said, 10 you know years, how, yeah, you know how you said to me, they get the cast you know together. how every 10 years they get the cast together we, and sometimes they Photoshop people in, well, you should see what they've done this time. <laughs> and I was expecting... They Photoshopped everyone in, but not uh, yes, everyone, of course they just did. 14 people. Uh, yeah, and you said it's, it's, the 40, it's the seven oldest and the seven newest. And I thought you were talking about people like Nikki or um, yeah. like Alina or something. Well, Alina would be on uh, if... She's she's not one of the on the seven. She's been in it a bit, little bit longer. But what what we've got is um, fourteen cast members all photoshopped in neck to look like they're standing near each other. Which, by the way, I think is been very very triumphantly done. Honestly, looking at it, I can't tell, and maybe I'm not. You know, I don't have the uh, the the right eye. I think Nina's got weird lighting compared to, but I she's think got strange complexion. On the whole, the lighting is absolutely brilliant. It looks like they're next to each other. Bill Roach has got his hand on um, Barbara Knox's shoulder. I think the the composition of it is is just absolutely perfect and flawless. And the the concept of it is like Gemma said, we got the seven longest running character uh, actors characters whatever in the show so we've got Sally Dinner they're all they're Mike all, Lavelle can I just say they, these are this is photos of the characters yes not the actors because they're all in costume they're all in costumes so we've got Sally Dinner Mike Lavelle we've got um, Barbara Knox William Roach Sally Ann Matthews Helen Worth um, Sue Nichols um, standing alongside um, Jane Hazelgrove um, Gareth Pierce <laughs> Lena Lordlow who else we've got Ryan Russell um, Adam Hussein, Molly Gallagher, and um, oh, I can't remember the name of the person. I even you looked, just it up. looked it up. I literally just looked ago. up the name of the person that plays George. I can't remember any famous as Tony, Tony Wardsley, um, which is an interesting bunch of characters, really, because I, I think part of, although I like it, I think it might be a case of if we look at this picture in ten years' time, some of these characters will be going, "Who are they?" But I for do the think moment, that's unfortunately true. It, it is for the moment. It's it, it's quite nice. I think this is the most diplomatic way I like, of doing. It's a great concept. This, this, yeah, because it shows it. It's it neatly shows the diversity of the cast now, and it shows how long some of these some of the characters have been in it. Yeah, and that's the thing that Coronation Street should celebrate because not only is it the longest running soap, but 
I, I think that some of the other soaps don't have quite the the pedigree and the long running characters as Coronation Street does. Yes. So they they did a good job there, and um, they I think they got lucky with the the picks for some of these as well, because they got they've got Sally Ann Matthews in there, and she had a massive break, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. She so, she's the I think no newest. she's not no she's not oh. the newest of the old lot. I think Sally is. I think I think Sally Ann oh, Matthews yeah. and Sally Dinever started like within two three weeks of each That's other so on funny, screen, isn't it? Um, and obviously, and obviously got, Jenny had her break. And, then, and so. the newer characters, I mean, you've got two Baileys. I don't know how they work this out. I don't two know. Two Baileys. Yeah, did all the Baileys come together? I, I've got a feeling. I think that James was definitely the first Bailey we saw because he was. we met him when he was in Steve's cab, wasn't he? Yeah. And then I think Ed did come after that. I think, so why have I think we got it, Aggie and Michael? Because, I, because we're, going, we're working backwards, aren't we? So oh, they were the last the Baileys ones. we saw. So they're the newest Baileys, even though obviously there's very little in it. Um, we've got Nina, we've got Todd, technically new, not really though, is he? It's a, I think it's a nice, decent batch of characters. I th- there's a, there's a nice, there's I a wonder nice mix, how there's a good even spread. They thought about how are we going to do this and how many people are we going to have? Shall we even bother like, doing it? What, how can we, how can we, um, finagle this so that we get these characters? You know what I mean? Like, I think... Maybe, yeah. I think there's lots of different ways they could have done this. It's and they just, picked a very diplomatic and representative it's way. It's a shame they couldn't have done more because they've done such a good job at photoshopping 14. Why not do 20? Why not do 30? Money. It's more money. But I think that for the sixth year, if you throw whatever money you want at it, honestly. That, that's nice for you to say, but you don't have the budget in there's, front of you. There's lots of characters that feel like they're missing from this that I it know would but be, look as a it... cross section of Coronation Street you really have got a pretty good representation of what Coronation Street is now and has what has been in the past yeah and it's on a it's on a nice sort of what colour is that like a Grey. sort of navy maybe with oh, Hilda's ducks in the back oh yeah Hilda's ducks in the background as well that's a really nice touch in the middle obviously that's a tribute to the Conversation Street podcast really yeah not just course. Hilda's ducks and the we finally get to know what the Coronation Street's official definition of what makes a regular cast. Oh member. yeah, because that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's the seven most recent and seven oldest regular cast members, and they said it was the characters or actors who had a twelve month contract at the time that this was put together or something, which is interesting because it does mean that um, certain people don't have twelve month contracts. It means that certain people don't have twelve month contracts, which you can work out for yourself. But also the likes of. Um, Tony Maudsley is on a 12-month contract, which yes. is interesting because we've seen so little of George. He's been such a side character that's popped in to say hello for a little bit and then disappeared away again for weeks. Um, looking forward to seeing what the long-term plan for him is. I just think, I think this, this <laughs> there must be some egos on the cast who would be annoyed that they're not in this picture. And so they had to have some way of picking who gets to be in the picture that gets them out of being moaned at well quite frankly i'm surprised that the 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 powers that be at coronation street didn't try and wangle it for some reason to get Gemma on there seeing well, as they like to put her so mean. front and center at the moment stick her on a stamp i mean aren't the quads 
some of the newest. Oh yeah! Oh, they've got twelve front contracts. Watch out, quads when it gets to the sixtieth. They could have yeah. just had like four little bundles on the floor in front of them. <laughs> maybe it, maybe it needed to be adult cast members. I really I like this photo. This this photo is is it's not just representative of Coronation Street. It's representative of the time that we are living through. Which this is this is, is, is twenty twenty. This photo isn't this it? This is what. This is this bit, is people getting by. Dark. This is people working how, out how to live and get on with life during a pandemic. And yeah. and this is a, this is a snapshot. This is a historical photo. Mm. This isn't just a cast a ten year cast photo. Well, when this people is look history, back at this in twenty thirty years time, people say, "Why why was it done like this?" To say due to COVID nineteen, yada yada yada. Mm. I hope that when they can get back to normal they'll get everybody together maybe properly. They will, maybe they won't. That'd be lovely to get a full, you know, I'm sure it would 50, be. 60, 70, Stop 80, moaning. how many people. I'm not moaning, I'm just saying you it'd are. be nice to see it. I'm not moaning at all. I thought you were going to say, I, I hope that in five years' time, we're not going, who's that in the photo? And I agree with you, because I think there's certainly potential for all of these characters to be long-term, all the new ones to be long-term. I really hope that they make more of the Baileys than they already have. Yeah, but there is the risk that, as you say, some of these could be could be gone soon. Like well, five years know. time, we'll look back and say, "Is is that one just behind uh, Rita? That 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 Who's that, that, that guy? guy? Is that old guy? Yeah, in the <laughs> grey suit." Um, still sticking on the subject of the sixtieth anniversary, we have the schedule for the 60th anniversary week. So like I said, we do have the synopsis sitting on our inbox at the moment, which we can't say anything about, but the actual which episodes we've got has been made public knowledge now. You keep saying we can't say anything about it, but you, you looked at it and I haven't. I've not looked at it. I've opened it. And God, no, 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 I can't. And then close it up right, quickly it again. I, this absolutely mustn't. But so this is this is what we have got to look forward to on the week starting Monday, the 7th of December. On that night, 7.30 till 8.30, we've got an hour-long Coronation Street. In fact, all the Coronation Streets that week are hour-long specials. And then 8.30, and I don't know whether we know anything about this programme other than the title at the moment. Maybe there's, it's out there and I just didn't really look hard enough. But there's a programme called Coronation Street 60 Unforgettable Years. And this is a one-and-a-half-hour documentary about Coronation Street. And it could be anything. There better I mean, be some really old footage in there. And there better be some like behind-the-scenes. I, I would so much love to watch them... Like, like in that, like now, forever, whatever, mm. <laughs> thing where they they showed them filming the scenes. Wouldn't it be great to like see footage of them, the like the original cast filming stuff? Mm. I I can't imagine that there's going to be a whole lot, if any. There is new there material. Is, no, there is archive stuff that we haven't seen. The, the fact that the is. fact that there's just been this bloopers. Um, program a few weeks ago shows that there is a gold mine. There's of stuff that they would have material. put out years ago that nobody recorded or even thought about mm. remembering. There's there's crap loads of um, spin off stuff that we've never seen anything from. Mm. But equally, it could very well be they they're taking the easy option of saying let's show a load of clips, let's have some celebrities and cast members talking about why Coronation like Street is great and somebody saying, oh, my favourite yeah. character is, is, is Deirdre. Yeah. Cue, cue the Deirdre role. You I would know? like it to be a proper documentary and not like a 50, 
60 greatest things that happen on Coronation Street. No, well, you won't, won't believe be number 59. It won't be that. It'll be like the Corrie icons, it to be... but about Corrie in general. I also don't want it to be, oh, when when the show first started, Elsie Tanner was in it. But never mind about that. Let's talk about Michelle. Yeah, you're right. It need it needs to be it needs to be a good balance of well, if of you're going to take classic, an hour and a half to get around to it. Yeah, really, really looking forward to that. I don't know how many people are interested in vintage Corey though. Oh, well, they should be. It's I know brilliant. they should be. It's, it's fascinating, so but it's not something that. I mean, it took us eight years to get around I'd, to I'd, it. I'd like to learn some new stuff in the same way that reading Abigail Kemp's book, The Sixty Years of Coronation Street book, there were some really great little unearthed tidbits there that I, I didn't know about. I'm hoping to learn something, anything from this and not just, you know, what's Richard Madeley's favourite Coronation let's Street just, scene ever. Let's just find the same clips we've shown you. Yeah, yeah. Um, on Wednesday, the 9th of December, we've got another hour-long Coronation Street, 7.30 till 8.30. So that's the actual... I mean, I assume that's where all the big drama's going to go down because that is the date of the 60th anniversary. So definitely Ooh. get that one in your diary. And it's going to be immediately followed by the Queens of the Street documentary, which it, it feels like we've known about this for at least a year. Yeah, I know. And I it's just about the women of the street and it's going to have, you know... Um, yeah, Etc. Um, how long various, is that? I, I haven't got down here it's how long it is. It's interesting to me hour, that they put the Queens of the Street on Wednesday, which is the actual anniversary, and not on... Yeah, you'd think that the 60th around. Unforgettable Years should go on the actual anniversary day. But, um, yeah, th- so th- this has got various lady cast members um, talking about lady oh, characters. I used to be in Coronation Street, and I liked it. And then uh, Friday, the 11th of December, there's just an hour-long... Coronation that Street. That is it for Friday, right, so just which recap. I think is quite nice for us because it means that we can get going with That's the recording true. of our podcast. Very so I think it is very nice kind of them. of them. They obviously knew they had us in mind there. And they that, didn't want to wait until we finished watching a documentary at ten o'clock before we started watching uh, recording the podcast. An hour's an hour's worth of Corey every day, starting at seven thirty, and then the sixty min the ninety minute sixty unforgettable years documentary on Monday, and the Queens of the Street on Wednesday. Yes, look just forward said that in to like that. A minute. Right, Beverly Callard update. She is in the jungle, not a jungle, trying to get out of the bath castle thing. Help me, I'm in the the castle. And um, Rebecca has sent us an update about this because we haven't watched it. We we switched on while we were at our dinner tonight, didn't we? So we saw about 30 seconds of Beverly Callard. wanting to be sick because somebody else had fish on them. Yeah, so this is... And it reminded me that it's a stupid programme. This is Rebecca's update. She's, it's not stupid, it's just not to your taste. Rebecca says, just a small update on Bev. She did one trial, which was voted by the public, and it was eating one. She did a trial with Vernon Kay and a Radio 1 DJ called Jordan. She also collected coins to get custard creams for a reward, but they didn't win them, as the other campmates were told to say the wrong answer. Uh-huh. Although she got a luxury item, a hairbrush. She's been featured a lot, but in a good light. So... That's about it for Bev this I week. I heard there was drama about this because... I've, I've literally known nothing about what's going on in this show this week. What's your drama? Because she did the eating, the bush trucker trial, yes. which is where they force you to eat disgusting food. Like maggots, eyeballs. And brains <laughs> and kangaroo, kangaroo testicles. testicles. <laughs> Classic. And somehow Beverly Callard is, is a vegan since March... <laughs> and therefore didn't... She did the trial, but she had to eat fruit. That, that is absolutely... That sounds like a bit of a cop-out. That's the stupidest... It almost feels like back in March, she signed a contract to do I'm a Celebrity this year. And, and went, and I'm vegan, like, I'm not, by the way. I'm, yeah, by the way. Yeah. 
This is my last steak, in I hope case she, you wondered. I hope it's been horrible fruit that she's been forced yeah, to eat. I think eat. it was um, not very pleasant fruit, but I object to this on the grounds that if you're not a vegan, you're still not the sort, you still don't eat insects and brains and offal. I think if you're a vegan, then you're doing it for some good moral reasons, so you wouldn't want to be around other people that were eating. Live I think insects. if you're uh, honestly if you're if you care if you're a vegan because you care about animals I don't think you should go on I'm a celebrity yeah that's what I'm saying because they are cruel I think I've always said this about that show it treats animals that aren't mammals as though they have no feelings and you can crush them for fun and throw them in in a cage with somebody screaming and possibly kill them by accident for fun I think it's wrong and I think if I if I would I wouldn't go on it for that reason and I don't watch it for that reason so would you, would I find you go it on it to strange. infiltrate it and try and release the crickets or I could be like kit was it kitten on, on big, big brother, brother. Yeah. she's like we don't have to stand for this <laughs> we control them the powers of the people and they all just turfed her out because they got rid of her, the money do you remember yeah anyway I'm glad to hear that Bev is being shown in a good light I hope she goes on to do well, but it's his early days. We'll have to wait and see. And speaking about Beverly Callard and Liz McDonald, this was quite interesting. In The Sun this week was published rumours on what Liz's original exit storyline was going to be. So if you remember, back in the summer, we heard that um, Beverly Callard had left the show. She didn't come back after lockdown. Well, her um, contract, it was it expired, didn't, didn't it? Yeah, she... she'd also had some medical problems and she couldn't well, so she said she couldn't back. come back yeah <clears throat> so um the the plan was apparently that she was going to team up with scott to rob the bistro to take money for oliver which kind of makes sense the 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 I source don't... says it would have been a hugely dramatic and emotional as liz said farewell to her home of three decades so she would have done this robbery and then had to escape with scott i assume um, and, and then eventually elements of the story were kept with Emma instead with her taking the money as a bribe from Ray. So they, which I, 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 I quite enjoyed. Both versions of this story suck. I, that's, have we got, I enjoyed the scenes of sad enough. Emma at the police station. I love Emma. It was stupid enough that Scott was saying to Johnny, Johnny, you must help me. I need two people to do this job. You're the only man I can trust. And Johnny's like, I'm, I've got MS and I can collapse at any moment. Literally, I'm the worst choice you can imagine. So the, the alternate universe version is Scott going, yes, elderly woman, you're my sidekick. She's not a spring chicken. I wouldn't pick her out of every person I, I knew to help me rob a bistro. But I think... That, Why would you ever pick a lady... Well, they were getting romantically involved and, and seeing this Nothing reminded me... Nothing brings a couple me, together like robbing a bistro. A couple that ninja bistros together stays together. Don't you, I, I'd forgotten that those two were getting a bit close in the booths in the Rovers before lockdown happened and it looked like what what's going on there. I'd, I'd totally forgotten that. But I could I could see that they were starting to to drip in the idea that they were going to get together and it yeah that, Michael, that, that listen, feels like it could have been a natural Michael, conclusion but it's a sh- it would have been Michael, a shame but in character to have had Michael, Liz team up with a wrong one Michael That's I've been married to you for you, many years how many 10 correct and we've been we've known each other for 18 years right I wouldn't pick you to rob a bistro bistro with just because you're oh. romantically linked to somebody doesn't make them your ideal 
partner to rob somebody with. But if but she was highly motivated, she was robbing this bistro to get money to save Oliver's life. It doesn't so you, make so she's not going to make sense. any mistakes. Doesn't make a lick of sense. She might even take off the high heels so she's not clipping clopping around when she's trying to be sneaky sneaky. I think whatever it sounds like a ridiculous idea. I I think that Liz's history has shown that she's got a pretty you know poor moral compass and she's she's not the best. I'm not at saying that she men. wouldn't do it. She's a lunatic. She probably would. She'd probably come up with the idea herself. But I'm saying the plot makes no sense. Why would why would Scott rob a bistro to give money to Oliver? No, he he probably wouldn't. He'd he'd keep the money for himself. He's like, you take your cut, you do what you want with it, you give it to Ollie if you want, but I'm having fifty percent of it, and I'm going to use it to whatever blow this popsicle stand. Well, I I I I, I can't believe you read this worked. and where that sounds like it could have been really good. No, I, I think don't. they avoided a train wreck. I I didn't mind it the way that it was. It I did come to an incredibly abrupt. It goes end, to show you but... how how niftily they rewrite these things. Because as it was, it was really still odd that Emma got involved. Mm. But the the idea completely flipped and and turned into something very very different. You would never look at the story of Emma being um, fined for money laundering and go, "This was clearly Liz's exit story, and she was going to rob the bistro herself." No, no. Some some things, some changes they've made that you can kind of tell. But that one, it's it. They yeah, totally it's, changed it. It's moved it over very nicely. And I think they came back with a better story, to be honest. I now that I've been, I've you know been told about it, read about it. It's like oh, I I just like to see it, just to see. I just have this it, image of like it's like Grand Theft Auto, where they all wear the the funny masks and dress up in boiler suits, except it's Liz McDonald with a shotgun going, put the Rolex in the bag. She, I, I, I've just maybe I'm just you know. Also, I've do you been... not think that Ray, Ray was already a bit stupid that he didn't get it who was robbing him, <laughs> right? But imagine if it was like the the ex landlady of the pub up the road and like a like a woman and a man, and then you see them hanging around together, oh, and it's yeah, not just any lady. It. It's like literally, she's got a very distinctive figure. I'm sure they could have thought very around it. I I don't think it's as bad as all that. What she I've been gone, oh, I've been quite I'm enjoying man, really. I've been quite enjoying seeing Liz get involved with old Fraser Henderson on Classic Coronation Street at the moment, and and having her all involved in Weatherfield Dark Underworld. Let's not also forget fit. that the the getting money for Oliver is pointless anyway. Of course. So why so why would I mean Liz Liz is a loyal lovely person, but she's not stupid. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I, I tell don't you know how what, to agree tell you, to disagree on this one. Robbing the bistro actually makes a bit more sense more than saying we're just going to sell all of our properties and businesses. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it would be a reason why the, the flat upstairs that, that Liz is living in would be vacated with her making She's a in Spain. hasty emigration to Spain. Um, inside Soap Awards, they're moving on. Now, this ceremony was supposed to be this week, but it's postponed until next week, and it's obviously going to be some online virtual thing like they did with the TV Choice Awards. But um, this week, the shortlists were announced for various categories, and the winner of the Best Showstopper Award has been announced, and that has gone to Coronation Street. So congratulations, Corey, Yay! for the Yasmin Fights Back scene. Good one. A.K.A. the scene where Yasmin bottles Jeff Gas- in the kitchen. Yasmin. Yasmin glasses Jeff. 
Yeah, so that was announced live on this morning, I think, um, a couple of days ago, and um, Ian Bartholomew was there by Zoom to accept it. So that's pretty cool. Um, but in the short and he list, he going. Is this when I say can say that I won Best Actor as well? No, I've got to wait. Okay. Well, he's got to wait a little bit longer because he is in the short list for the Best Actor. All of Coronation Street nominees have got no other Coronation Street nominees to go up against, so there's no split votes here. Best Actress nomination, now we've got Shelley King. Molly Gallagher's got Best Newcomer. These are all these are all nominations, remember? I'm not saying they win it. Best Villainy and Bartholomew. Funniest Performance, Maureen Lippman. Best Partnership, Dolly Rose Campbell and Sam Aston. Mm. Best Family, the Barlow McDonald's. This, do you remember the we Barlow talked about... The Barlow McDonald's, Connor Platts. Do you remember we talked about this yes. when the long list came out, saying they were so, they're really stretching to try and fill these long lists here. Well, they're, trying to, they're stretching to what the definition of a bloody family yeah, is. Yeah, and uh, speaking of stretching, feel-good moments. Gemma gives birth to quads in a cable car. Um, if that wins, then I don't know what to say, because in what universe that was a feel-good moment, I really don't know. But um, good luck, Coronation Street, anyway, and we'll be tuning in to social media, I guess, on Monday evening. Is it Monday or Tuesday? I can't remember. Someday next week to find out um, who's taking home um, which awards. And as it's Coronation Street's 60th anniversary just coming up very soon, it would be very kind of them if they could give them all to Coronation Street, maybe. Also Best Soap, of course. Yes, this is the Inside Soap Awards, which is the soap magazine, isn't it? Yes. Right. Finally. Also, finally, you can get Cory bags at the co-op. They did this before. They they made some bags for life, which had the cobbles on them and the yeah, Coronation Street logo. Yeah, we've got like four logo. or five of them, haven't we? Yeah, we've got Dotted around the house somewhere. I love my Cory bag. It's like one of my favourite pieces of Cory merch from our vast oh, Coronation Street memorabilia collection. Why didn't you have a photo of yourself next to it in the sun? Well, I still, I still use that as my bag with my first aid stuff at school and um yeah i i love it so now and they don't suspect you as as being the host of no still not a clue ah, not weird. a clue so now these new bags are fairly similar design it's like cobbled backgrounds but it's got the big 60th is it logo or is it i don't know i'm not sure we need to see one in the flesh um which uh, which will happen apparently at some point at the end of November. It says they're available from the end of November until December, which doesn't make <laughs> it sound like they're going to be around for very long. Somebody's so going to be see one, in a buy co-op at like and maybe midnight, send one to us. and the man will like flash it and go, Nate, can't have it. Well, it, it, it'll it. be like you know the other the midnight launches for the games, like you know the PS Five and the Xbox. Um, launches last week and everyone queuing up for them although did that happen this year probably not there'll be there'll be coronation street fans lines of them down the streets waiting to get their hands on one of these new bags and it's got the lovely 60th logo on with a cat um i think in the end yeah. I, pref- I probably prefer the original one because it's just the logo and the classic design and although the 60th anniversary is lovely like in a year's or a year's two time it'll be like oh this is a bit old and out of date but we are we, we need to go down to a co-op Soon as we start seeing them being posted on social media, when we know they're out there in the wild, we need to we need to go um, co op yes, shopping. God damn it! And while we're there, picking up some sandwiches and Betty's hot pots. Yes. What's the matter? You said I'm tired. I'm really tired, and we've made this thirty minutes long. There was lots of news this week. That's all I'm you saying. You didn't need to Not give a, exciting give a seven minute breakdown bit. of why you didn't like the trailer. You just wait until we get under these bag. I'm going to give my full and Ooh. thorough review of the bag, Gemma. Ooh, That's what people listen to this podcast. I don't for. like the fact that they haven't printed anything on the gusset. <laughs> Stop saying gusset. I like it. It's a podcast of the week. How many gussets I are want, people going to score this podcast if out I of? Get a, if I ever have a child, I shall name her gusset. I gussetia. 
<laughs> let's get on with it. Feedback. Okay, let's finish off with a bit of feedback. We got we got a load of feedback this week. We're going to do things a little bit differently. I think we're um we've we've got some Facebook feedback. We've got some people responding to us asking um how you first started watching Coronation Street. Yeah. But we're going to kick things off as always with our Facebook poll results. And this was this is our high scoring week. I mean, we what did we give it last week? Four, I think. And um. Facebook skewed higher. There were so many fives that were voted for last week's scenes, particularly thanks to Friday's fantastic episode. But four point five two was the average. So um, well done, Coronation Street. The 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 Coronation Street listeners enjoyed you. I'm interested to see um just how far that falls this week. But um, among my favourites last week were Evie, who gave it five fabulous peacock shirts out of five. Hill gave it four and a half tubes of expensive concealer out of five. And Lee gave it 4.5 Mr Men factoids out of five. So thank you to you three and everybody else, of course, who voted in the poll this week. And we are going to start off um, the main bit of feedback section with a voicemail from Joseph. So let's see what he's got to say about recent Coronation Street. Hi, Michael and Gemma. It's me, Joseph. Uh, I know it's been a pretty long time since I sent any feedback, been busy with work and was a little bit stressed out with what's been going on here across the pond, as you may all know. Um, so, but I just wanted to send a quick feedback about last week's Corey, particularly Friday's episode. Last Friday's, um, I was watching the episode with my mom. She never really watches Corey with me, but I figured, hey, it's heard it's a really good episode. Let's watch it. Um, the one scene in particular that my mom chuckled a little bit was how when they're walking into the hospital and they're wearing their mask, but then they take it off once they're in the hospital. It's kind of like awkward and weird. Um, just that, that small thing. But she also felt very, very bad about Leanne and how, you know, it is difficult, you know, you're stuck in that in between about being told that your loved one is just a, basically a vegetable and, you know, nothing will be able to be a cure and it will just worsen and worsen and worsen if they still keep on living, quote-unquote. And you know, she did, that, She was great, you know. I, I, she, I hope somehow, maybe next year, to win an award um, for Leanne's character. Um, but the one thing I really want to talk about, I'm getting super annoyed with this whole Ray, Gary, and um, the sisters storyline. With the, the, it's, it's, it's kind of a shame. I feel like we're. I'm. 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 I'm in particular annoyed with the whole Gary, that it's still going on. That no one knows. I'm like, how long are they gonna keep this up? And he keeps on adding and adding, adding, and I. I don't know. I'm just getting tired of it. This feel. This storyline feels as long as with, The Walking Dead with um Negan. It that that feels so wrong for me. Like it's just taking. It's taking a long time. Let's put it that way. Um, can we listen listen to podcasts and congrats on that article on Corey, um, Gemma and Michael. That's just amazing. It was so cool seeing that on the Facebook group. Okay, bye. Thank you, Joseph. Nice to hear from you again. Um, well, at least now this week we do have the Ray storyline moving forward a little bit, and Craig's found out about it. So, hopefully, your problem with it being you know going on for a bit longer and people not knowing about it uh you know it, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit better and we're going to be accelerating towards the 60th now and it's interesting that you say that the story feels dragged out because they've 
it, it, I think that the, the plan must have been to have started earlier in the year and they've had to hasten it almost because of yeah, the, weird, the COVID refilming because we first got the, the earliest hints of this back in sort of January, February time. So I think it was going to be Much a little bit deal. slower during the I, year. And that, now it feels a bit odd to me that in such quick succession, there's lots of characters that suddenly have got the immediate urge to sell up and move on. Yeah, I, I just certainly it's certainly not going where I thought it would go. What what were you expecting? Well, I just thought it would be a bit more. A... It feel, yeah. They 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 have we we have these little pockets of characters thinking, oh, we should sell up, and then we don't hear about it again for a little bit. And I I just wonder whether like you know this week upcoming or the week after that, suddenly everyone's gonna all say together, and now we're signed on the dotted line, and it all belongs to Ray. It, it, it's and he goes, ha, 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 you fools. Got yeah. Um, we'll see, we'll see. I thank you also, Joseph, for your nice comments about the article. And also, I have to say a massive great big thank you to everybody on our, in our Facebook group who've all said really nice things. I'm, you guys are the best. Yes, but there were some really, really lovely comments on that. Uh, so thank you, everybody who voted, if not voted, who, who wrote who in. voted about whether I should be in the sun. Um, there's <laughs> a uh, message that we got via email from Hillary this week as well that was um, replying directly, she says, to the debate that we had on last week's podcast, the tattoo discussion. So Hill was the one who told us that way back in um, episode 136 of the podcast, one hour, 20 minutes in, apparently, into the ca- uh, in the cabin section. We used to get this done much faster. This was when we were talking about two Canadian fans who had several old Corrie characters tattooed on their leg. And you Steve said, and Lindsay Pierce. Yes, you said that you wouldn't get a character, no. but maybe you get something classy like some flying ducks. And you I said, said classy. I, d- I I said that I would never get a two because I'm too much of a baby. But if we make it to five hundred episodes, let's get that done. So <laughs> it did seem like it was a little bit of a promise there. But I'm going back on that. I don't care. You said you would get Fred Elliot. Fred Elliot getting tattooed, apparently. I don't know where that one came from. Why don't people get someone else's face tattooed onto their face? Yes. It seems so obvious. Be a body double. Why don't, like, I mean, get Marilyn don't, Monroe? Don't get Fred Elliot. I don't think you're going to get very much um, double work for, for John Savadin these days. No. Well, with that. Anyway, she also says that she enjoyed your uh, I'm a Celebrity in the Jungle, Get Me Out of the Jungle <laughs> commentary. We had a couple of people that said that they uh, had a bit of a giggle about that one, actually. So thanks, everybody. Um, right, we have got an email that came in today from Joe, And this is starting off a little segment for the feedback section where we're going to talk about different ways that people first started watching Coronation Street. Because I, I find this fascinating. There was... Um, a post on the Facebook group where people were all saying about their yes, early experiences. Yes, because we asked, didn't we? We asked and we got. We got told. But yeah, this email from Joe is kicking things off, so I'm going to pass it over to you to read it out. <laughs> she says, Dear arduous podcasters. <laughs> um, right, so she says, Some of my great childhood memories from the 1970s are of the Coronation Street theme tune playing from the living room as my mum used to put my brother and I to bed. And she would say, I have to go now as my programme is starting, but I will be back when it's finished. We lived in a bungalow so we could easily hear it from our bedrooms. Inevitably, we wouldn't settle in bed and we'd be in and out of one another's rooms during the half hour. But once we heard that theme tune again, we would both hurtle at breakneck speed back to our beds where we'd pretend to be asleep. <laughs> this brings back a really vivid memory I have of being in my... My, my, my nan and granddad lived in various places, but at one point they lived in a caravan. Mm. And I have a very vivid, vivid memory of being sent to bed 
and hearing the Coronation Street theme really? tune through the cardboard walls oh, as they were, oh. as, and just staring up at the ceiling going, why am I in bed? <laughs> um, she says, by the time it was about nine, I was allowed to stay out past 7.30, but we had to try and not make too much noise because my dad told us we couldn't disturb mum's programme. At that point, Corrie was only on at 7.30 on Mondays and Wednesdays, but my memory is that it was always on, which obviously it wasn't. <laughs> the only other programmes I remember my mum watching at that point was Secret Army and Upstairs Downstairs. I wasn't that interested in what the programme was about until one day I heard my mum scream really loudly during it and I came running into the living room to see what was wrong. And there on the screen was this woman with big glasses staring out from under a pile of rubble and shouting, Tracy, Tracy. It was 1979 and a lorry had crashed into the Rovers where Deirdre was inside and had seemingly left her daughter outside in her pushchair, which was a perfectly normal and safe thing to do at the time. (laughs) Exclamation mark. I instantly became really concerned for this woman's little girl and I was gripped to the plot over the next few weeks, desperate for the next episode to see if she was found. Oh, that's That would be a really good story now, wouldn't it? Yeah. Missing baby. Baby under rubble. Um, baby down a sinkhole. <laughs> um, I chuck, still- a, chuck a few quads in there. Let's get rid of a couple. I still remember eventually seeing the distant shot of a young woman with a pushchair in the park and it panning in. My parents saying, it's Tracy, she's alive. But by that point, I'd also become glued to all the other characters and their plots. Annie Walker and the Rovers, the Ogdens and Eddie Yates, Alf and Rini Roberts, Gail and Brian and Ivy, Ken and Mike Baldwin and Emily and Rita. Ina Sharples was still in it even and I remember my parents telling me about how she'd been in it since the beginning, along with two other old women who had since died or left. During those subsequent, many subsequent years of watching the evil Tracy plots, it always made me laugh to think that it was for her sake that I came to Cory, hoping against all odds that she was alive. <laughs> Looking forward already to tomorrow's podcast. Just been sent home from school as one of my fellow teachers tested positive. So I'm isolating. Oh dear. Have a great weekend. You too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully we'll be able to keep you busy while you're that was the still really teaching from fun, home, I guess. Really nicely well written yeah i really enjoyed i really enjoyed hearing about that i also was as as i was reading it out i could see in my head all of these episodes you were talking about because we've seen them now and it's like yes i remember that was a really good episode no yeah no that 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 uh laurie and the rovers no wonder that uh, got you that would have gripped you yeah that's great stuff they say the stunts you know they're just silly frivolous stuff but they've been doing it since the beginning yep so Fiona was the person over on our Facebook group that started the thread this week asking about how people started Good watching. Job, and I'd like to read out all the stories, but obviously I can't because there were tons and tons and tons there, but I've picked a choice for and you. Yeah, we've had to edit down this feedback. We can't include everyone's feedback this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Because I just, I just wanted to focus on this for a change. It's a, it's a how did you start watching special? Fiona says, I started watching in 1980, so I remember most of the big hitters. Annie Walker, Elsie Tanner, Uncle Albert, Hilda Stan, Eddie Yates, who was her favourite. My mum and granny were huge fans. My granny would have loved the podcast, actually. Aww. The first episode I watched was on the 2nd of April, 1980. And I remember <laughs> this because it's my brother's birthday. The things I remember from it are the barbershop quartet, Eddie Yates, and boring things, shop steward elections in the factory. Things I don't remember. Anything about Ina Sharples, except that I asked my mum who the cross lady was. <laughs> it was Ina's last appearance. I'd love to say it stands out in my mind, but I was six, and stories about cross old women staying with cross old men was of no interest to me. <laughs> That's quite interesting <laughs> that you got you, you know the date, and 
you can go back and say what happened on that day. I'd yeah. love I'd love to know what the first episode was because I always say oh I started watching around you know ninety four or so, but I'd love to know what was the first episode that I sat down and began what and actually watched. I I will never find that out sadly. Um, maybe when you die and your life plays in front of your eyes, you can find maybe, out. Maybe find but you won't be able to tell us, will you? I want to know why. Why, why was Fiona's brother watching Coronation Street on his birthday? Was it his favourite programme? Did he pick it? Maybe he was like, it, was finally, mum... my birthday, I get to finally pick what's on television. Or, was it, or did mum say, look, you've had your day, son, now it's time for mum's programme. We're all going to sit and watch Coronation Street. I'm not singing happy birthday to you, I'm watching mm-hmm. Coronation Street. Julie says, I'm 55 now and have watched it for as long as I can remember. I live with my mum and her parents and as soon as the theme tune came on, my granddad would head off to the kitchen grumbling to listen to the radio. Oh, he died in 1972, but his loathing of Corrie is a fond memory. <laughs> in turn, my son was brought up watching it with me. We went on the first and last days of the tour of, at the old set. He stopped watching it about three or four years ago. He's 19 now and at University in Manchester, my hometown. I live an hour down the road now, but I go back at least once a month. My all-time favourite character is Annie Walker, closely followed by Hilda. Good picks, good picks. Oh, I hope that your son can get back into Coronation Street again, but, you know, maybe it's not cool to watch Coronation Street in university. Um, Although we managed it. It is cool. Richard said um, he was born in January 1970, would always be on every Monday and Wednesday at 7.30 on our rental black-and-white TV. Can remember first becoming aware of it around 1975 in the days of Annie Walker, Uncle Albert, Ina, Stan, Hilda Ogden, Eddie Yates. I think that Elsie Hannah took a break from the show for a couple of years because when she returned in about 1976, I remember asking my late mother who the character was. It's really interesting how many people have replied and said that they started watching it years and years ago. Yeah. And how annoyed they must have been listening to us talking about these characters and not knowing who they were for so long. Yeah, yeah. We got we got one from um I guess this is a different Julie. I haven't written it down, but I assume this is a different Julie. What's she got to say? I started watching when I was pregnant at the same time that Sarah Lou was. My daughter is twenty this Wednesday. That's quite Aww. funny. Make, it is. It does make a big impact on you when something's going on in your life and also on the screen. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, Una, I like this one. She says, um, it was always been a part of my life. It was on in my house from as soon as I can remember. Aww. I've got a vivid memory of being around three or four, so around 88, 89, and being told... Coronation Street is Mummy's favourite programme. We never missed it. Long before Sky Plus, the video player would be set to record all the episodes we would miss when we went on a two-week summer holiday. And on the day we got home, it was a ritual to sit down all together and work our way through the episodes. See, that that rings so many... That brings out so many memories for me because that's what we did as well. Get the VHS out, set it to record and just hope that when you get back the tapes work it's not run out of tape <laughs> it wasn't like a not been a power, power cut, cut or anything yeah. so that the, 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 this program yeah. but yeah coming back from Corrie and just having tapes and tapes of Coronation Street to watch that's like, that really <laughs> stuck some struck some nostalgic notes with me as well and I guess it's similar these days but it just you know automatically records it for us doesn't it and it's great and if it doesn't you can ITV player it um, I spent a year living in Spain as well, Una says, as part of a degree, way before Wi-Fi or iPads, so I had no way of watching it. My mum posted video cassettes of taped episodes to me. Now, that is dedication, isn't it? That's more than me, because I had my year living in France as part of my degree, and I didn't watch Coronation Street that year, but I went to the Coronation Street visual updates page, and I don't know if many um, listeners remember going uh, to that site, but there was a page where... For every episode, there were, you know, tons, like hundreds, say, screenshots of every episode with little 
captions about what people are saying and funny ah. commentary and, and, and they were like in jokes and they can give characters silly nicknames and things like that. So that period of so Coronation like a, Street like a podcast in visual It kinda form. was, it kinda was. It was it was really, really good and it, it doesn't go anymore, but you can still can you still view some of it on the way back machine? I can't remember because I was playing about with that a few months when ago. Wonder who did that? I can't remember. It was I. I don't. There's the name of the person was in the site, but I don't remember now. But um, it was so so good, and and thanks to that website, I was able to keep up with Coronation Street in France while I was there for a year. So I guess that when we get to that on the DVDs or when ITV Three Coronation Street catches up with it, that will be the first time that I've watched that quite a huge chunk of Coronation yeah. Street actually watched and it I rather wonder, than just seen pictures and descriptions of it. I wonder it. whether you constructed in your mind what like almost like you were watching a like when the memory you look at the yeah. memory. Yeah I don't I don't feel any different about that period of Coronation Street ah. than I do any of the surrounding years. It, I, I don't know which stories were I didn't see and which ones I did. It How all funny. Yeah it all flows very nicely for me. I remember when you lived in France and they had that live episode of The Bill Oh yeah, and you, you made record me record that. it, and I bought it on a tape. Did you? And we watched it together, and I was making fun of it, and you got really angry with me. Nah, that doesn't yes, sound you did. Like you got really the... angry no, and told that. me to stop mo- stop making fun of it. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> next person, next person, Joe. Mart, Martez. I don't um, know how to say this name. It was on Sunday Omnibus Sorry. on CBC and I didn't have cable at the time. I put on the tea and train myself to hear the accent for a few Sundays and then, like magic, I was absorbed into the language and I landed in the Rovers. Bet Lynch and Alec at the bar, Jack and Vera, recaps of scenes from elsewhere happening there and I recall Creepy Roy and Deirdre with the jail time, living in a run-down building. Alma and Gail with the cafe. I've always loved how they lifted Roy from creepy to cafe saviour. The factory and Mike Baldwin and the gobby workers. Ken Barlow and his paper. Irritating Derek, Mavis and Rita. And now it's accent. What accent? <laughs> That's funny. Um, Pat says that she reckons she's our oldest listener. And I've shared my story before. <laughs> but just to add to the list, I had just turned nine and I was a TV-obsessed American kid when my family moved to London in 1963. There were two channels <laughs> and the BBC must have had something really boring on because I watched Coronation Street <laughs> quite loyally. I was impressed by Ina and Elsie but loved Jerry Booth most. Aww. I think I identified with the shy character. We moved to Canada in 1968 but I don't think I watched much in high school. Since then, though, I've watched whenever I've been in Canada or living near the border or when I could get it via satellite or now online. And I have finally converted my husband at a late age. <laughs> nice story. I like that one. Chris says, when I was little, I had a nanny. I'm Canadian and normally here, we'd use the term babysitter. But she was English and insisted we call her nanny. <laughs> she was an avid Corrie fan. I didn't watch apart from snippets here and there, but oh boy, did I hear it. And that theme song was seared into the fabric of my life. Then years later, I was going on vacation and set the TV recorder so I wouldn't miss an episode of something. I don't even remember what it was. I accidentally recorded a week's worth of Coronation Street. Best mistake I ever made. It was back in the 90s. David had fallen down the stairs and was taken to the hospital. I haven't missed one since. Oh, oh lovely, what a great lovely. story. And the last one that we've got here is from Abby, who said that her curry life started with channel surfing one Sunday morning about 20 years ago. She says, I lived in Vermont and there were three Montreal channels on cable. By the way, the only worse thing than the Marilyn jingle is the Mary... What's this? Marineland's Marine. jingle is the Marineland jingle in French. What's Marineland? I we'll don't find know. Out later. News, church, infomercials. Hey, what's this? 
coffee, bagels and two hours of not especially attractive people speaking in an accent I was having trouble understanding. The earliest stories I remember, and only vaguely, were Eileen and Dennis Stringer and Les and Janice returning from France and when the council wanted to pave over the oh, cobbles. Yeah, the 40th. So yeah, 20 years ago. What a great Lovely story. Stories. I really enjoyed that. And it was all different Facebook eras group. as well. I, I, yeah, I love the Facebook group. And again, I, I feel like I've been neglecting a bit recently, but um, really, really great stuff. And, um, and new members joining all the time. So if you're listening to if you're not in join, our Facebook group, please do because it's a lovely place. Come and join us, but you can't get in unless you answer the questions. Yes. I don't care who you are, you won't be accepted if you don't answer the questions. I, I, I accepted somebody who gave some nice answers to the questions today. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Because somebody but... tried to enter who was a radio presenter and they didn't answer the questions. So oh, you don't, don't get, get in added. then, no, you don't. Um, right, so we have got one more vo- um, email and then a voicemail, <laughs> and I think we're going to leave it there. Like Gemma said, we're not going to. Um, have our usual regulars this week. We apologise, I'm sure you understand. Um, Richard says that he hopes we are both well. Are you well, Gemma? I wasn't very well today, but I'm I'm often ill. You, you're all right. He, and um, actually, he also hopes that we are that you are enjoying your national media fame. I'm so enjoying it. Can't even leave the house now. There's just the paps outside. I'm bombarded. The local TV slot, which Michael referenced in oh, last yes. week's podcast... I love this email. This came just earlier this evening, which used to feature daily birthdays in west and southwest of England, was called Gus Honeybun's Birthdays. I often visited Western Supermare in Somerset on holiday in the 1970s, and it was on local ITV there. Richard, we watched a bit of Gus Honeybun's Birthdays on YouTube this evening, thanks to this, and um, it was pretty much how I remember. Very, very creepy-looking rabbit, winking a lot, bouncing around... Um, possibly on drugs yeah and, and an embarrassed looking presenter sitting next to it thinking how on earth did my life come to this <laughs> so, um, see we watched the lady and she was so over everything she's like oh this is this person lives in Sheepland or whatever <laughs> what a stupid place anyway it's your third birthday yeah, mummy so and daddy say happy birthday Gus Honeybun's birthdays if anyone wants to check that out god they used um, to let anything Richard on says I have a slightly abstract theory regarding Roxy you haven't seen this Gemma we are all assuming that she is Debbie but what if she isn't <gasps> how about if it's all a top secret storyline to bet to coincide with the 60th oh, birthday celebrations my god she was very bitter when she left and when she briefly returned in the early 2000s and left again so in the admittedly highly unlikely case that she has come back and shed with shed loads of cash maybe from a lottery win that would be the storyline to beach them all that would be so amazing that would be amazing but i it is not happening bet is not coming back to the 60th anniversary i have it from the highest authority her friend mark do not pin your hopes on that but what um uh richard has said about roxy not being debbie is I still think a possibility because they haven't, they haven't literally said. Normally on Coronation Street, they would do something really obvious. You're Roxy. No, like Ray would come in and go, oh, hey, Roxy. I mean, Debbie. Ha ha. We both know that you're really. Yeah, it's literally like the the name Roxy hasn't been uttered since Debbie was revealed to be secretly working alongside Ray. No, nobody's spoken to Roxy on the phone either. So that would make a jolly good twist. So we're just saying it. If if you it's too late now. if it happens, then you heard it's it. It's probably here already first. written the script. Maybe. Um, okay, that's it. Well, we have just got um, a voicemail from John, which yes. we're going to finish the podcast off with. And and John's somebody who's been um, just been listening to the Conversation Street for about a year or so, but he's been really really cool and involved in the fan community, and he's been posting a load on the Facebook yes. group. So it was lovely to finally hear his voice um, this week. Yes. Here's what John sounds like and what he's got to say. 
Hi Michael, hi Gemma. Just realised that Instagram allows voice messages now, so we'd like to take this opportunity to thank you both for Conversation Street. As you know, I've finally discovered it within the past 10, 11 months or so. Um, it has become an essential part of life. Um, it's brought entertainment and um, companionship when it's needed most. So I want to thank you both for um, the fun, the frolics, and uh, for making it such a compelling listen. Um, it's finally awesome to leave you both voicemail, and it's great to finally be able to share my voice with you as you have shared yours with um, me for the last 10 months or so. Hope you're both well. Take care. Thanks again. And... Um, Thanks for your friendship. Looking forward to Saturday's podcast and indeed the 60th celebrations. It's um, it's going to be pretty memorable. Thanks again, guys, and um, keep in touch. Bye. Oh, thanks, John. Thank you. That was a lovely message. Ah, just about saying how much you like the podcast. The thing is, we're both very humble, aren't we? And we don't talk about how great we are. Very much, but we are really funny, hardworking, and you guys don't know, but good looking as well. So when people can, they do know because your pictures have been splashed all over the national newspapers this week, darling. When people send messages in to to praise us, it helps us because we can't say it for about ourselves (laughs) because of how humble we are. Uh, That was lovely. Thank you very much. Very very much done. That was lovely to hear. I'm glad that we have offered you know keeping friendship and companionship and support over the year. This is for honestly. Oh yeah, totally. If you just put this on for your dog, good, fair enough. (laughs) But that people actually listen and like it, can't believe it. I'm glad that I'm glad that we do this. I'm totally glad of that. And I'm glad that we've got such lovely nice people that listen who are also oh, good you guys are all wonderful yes oh just before we finish i forgot to say and i was reminded this with um well, richard's theory about beck coming back this is just your last minute <gasps> oh, reminder yes. you need to make sure that if you want to uh, vote not vote for bid for any of julie goodyear's jewelry you have got mere days until that runs out so if you go to the willow wood hospice website onto that and then the link you'll find a link to that ebay page and you can vote for why do I keep voting bidding for a whole variety <laughs> of um, there's some jingly, really great jangly, stuff jangly bits Julie Goodyear has donated loads and loads of her own personal jewellery and also jewellery that has been worn on the screen as, as the character of Bette one of the the star pieces in the auction is the birdcage earrings that she wore in her final scenes. They are now going for over a grand. Yeah, I don't um, think we'll be getting those. Simultaneously gutted and thrilled because I kind of in back of my head was thinking, oh, wouldn't it be cool? It'd be really cool. I wonder how how much would I pay? What's the most we could afford? And then it's like, well, that's a problem that's been solved because we can't pay a thousand pounds for a pair of earrings. I mean, there, there are still some. Very reasonably and affordably priced items there, aren't there? There's, there's, I, at the moment, is, is, is but I there don't going to be a flurry much. of last minute bidding? I oh, don't know. Cause I we, really want to win at least one. I know. Thing. Well, we put bids on a variety yeah, of items like last Saturday. Outbid. Yeah, instantly, instantly. So we and we haven't tried since. So um, but it's going to be down to Gemma on Tuesday while I'm at work to you um, trust me? try and do a bit of last minute bidding for something. And it'd be great to get something that there was like a photo of I know, her yeah. wearing. But those, those are the items that are going for more, and I think they're going to be out of. 
our price range, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, yeah, good luck to any listeners who are going for those. That's a, a real magical piece of concrete memorabilia to get your hands on if you do. The reason why I'm happy is because it's for the Willowwood Hospice and they do great work and it's this is fantastic. I'm so glad that they're getting lots and lots of money for this. And also it's a nice tribute to Julie as well that people yeah. are fans and still want a piece of Pet Lynch. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it'd be awesome to have something. Anyway, yeah. I Good just want luck. to quickly say who um Nancy gave Character of the Week, she gave four four bottles of wine out of five of Character of the Week is Leanne. Um and Rebecca also, she has sent in her feedback, which would be can't read but all of it but she gave character of the week leanne and she gave it four little miss chatterboxes out of five thank you very much and to fan girl over those one two three we have read your message but i haven't got it copied here so we can't say what you scored it never um, mind next time thank you to our patron michelle mcdonald new patron this week thank you i hope you enjoyed the new episode that we released this week which was about our top five characters, which you've already mentioned. And again, to say, you guys, the Patreons, thank you so much for um, supporting us and helping us and helping me make a career out of my Corey obsession. <laughs> and you'll be donating all your hard-earned money to charity in December, won't We're you? We're probably going to give half of it to the Lily Foundation, which yes. is the Mito um, charity that worked with them for the Oliver storyline. And I think... We're going to do a charity to do with the Yasmin and Jeff story. Yes. And so I would like to give it to Women's if, Aid. If, yeah, I'm, I'm, absolutely. So if you would like to be able to contribute to that those donations, then you just need to sign up to our Patreon by the end of November. No. Because no. Just any time in December. Oh, are we gonna are we gonna do the donation at the end of the month? Oh, I thought we were gonna do the beginning of the month. Okay. That no, because that would me. be November's money, wouldn't it? We don't get December's money till January. Oh yeah, I can't remember. Oh, that's fine then. You so, got a bit so longer to decide. So the good thing about how we've done it is that you you now if you you need to you need to pay at least five dollars to get access to all of the content, the the digital content in the old episodes that we've done for yeah, Patreon. Yeah, the, the bonus podcast. But you can donate. You can you can join our Patreon for any amount of money to donate if you want to donate towards a charity. Um, but yeah, so you can you can just donate five dollars and you get to help charity. And you get, what, like 14 episodes of... 14, 15 episodes of... Of our uh, patron episodes. And then you can cancel if you want to. Oh, yeah, definitely. Don't really mind, but we will know... Yeah, you literally can. For £5. We will know your name, though. We'll know who you You are. You can sign up, listen to all the great (laughs) content, cancel and help charity. This is what we want to do it for. We want to get um, more... We've got loads already. We have. Top five homes, top five characters since the podcast started... Top five weird alternate ideas for the 60th anniversary. Oh, that was one of my favourites. Top five Coronation Street characters as horror show icon tropey things. There's some top really fun stuff. Top five episodes from the 60s. It's brilliant. I've loved doing our top five. So, um, yeah, sign up, cancel, but yeah. or, or sign up and stay, even better. It'd be nice if you stayed, but we're doing... You can we, cheat yeah. the system very easily. <laughs> we're very we're easy to take advantage of. Very. <laughs> Right, I think we're done, Gemma. Conversationstreet at gmail.com, conversationstreet.podbean.com. Leave us... A- <gasps> we got new reviews on iTunes. Did we mention this? No. Was this before? I don't remember. We've had quite a few Thank recently. Thank you so much, We've everybody. done some in the last few... We did some last week. Did we- have we had new reviews I this week? I don't know. Everyone was I so nice. I we had. But I haven't checked for a like while. It feels like Christmas came early. It was it. Yeah, We've had such a good stuff. year, apart from the pandemic. 
um, been very, Instagram, very successful Twitter, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, Patreon, da 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 da. The end of who, the show. Goodbye. Who can people watch? Who listened what? about on pay, on YouTube this week? Valerie Barlow is the one we updated oh, this week to YouTube, wasn't it? From episode I'll tell you what, Our project for next year is doing proper character profiles of people we've already character profiled and gone. I don't know much about Valerie Barlow, but I heard she used to be in the show. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Let's go goodbye. To bed. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>